Thanks. You seem uncomfortable. Do I make you nervous, Corky? No. Thirsty, maybe. Curious, maybe. That's funny. I'm feeling a little bit curious myself. I don't think that picked up. No. Okay, never mind. <laughs> okay. We'll, we'll add a comical uh We'll add a like... comical effect. Anyway. Mm -hmm. Hi, welcome to the new episode, third episode of Angels of Kwanya. Today we are joined by a very special guest. Hi. Hi. Introduce um, yourself. Who are you? I will and I will. Uh my name is Ivana and or you know, if you follow me on Twitter, my name is Love a Man. With an underscore, I couldn't get Love a Man, but we moved. Frederick, we moved. Frederick. Anyway, um, NC is here eating. Of course. And I'm here drinking. As always. <laughs> so I'm one down. And Ivana's breathing. And Ivana's so breathing. As always. We all make uh, a functional all... human being. <laughs> I am one hard seltzer, Marks and Spencer's own brand hard seltzer, which actually wasn't bad. It was rhubarb and raspberry flavor. And I kind of love, and I'm on to the second drink of the night. Marks and Spencer's own brand, gin and diet tonic. I don't know what this is going to be like. Hold on. You were just saying, like, the, the faggiest, like, names of drinks. Like, of all okay, time. no, 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 go. <laughs> like, the weird this drinks. This is good. Wait. Like, Wait, I'm kind of <laughs> Wait, okay, no, get into this. Gin and diet tonic with two measures of extra dry gin. They were like... Let's go. Okay. This is, this is everything. Um, I, um, if anyone was wondering, I'm having the Trader no Joe's. Okay. It's the okay, Thai Calvary. shrimp pot stickers. If anyone knows her mm. Joe's. Wait. No. That sounds good. I miss Trader Joe's. I, I, yeah, this is one of the things stickers. that I miss about America so much since Trader Joe's, and I can't wait to go back and just... California specifically. You're not. Is it a California? You're not going to find it anywhere it's, else. It's mostly West Coast. Um, and some some parts of like I think Chicago has some, but it's like mostly okay. West Coast. Well, I'm thinking about going to Chicago, maybe next year or hopefully. Well, I mean, I'd love to go this year, but for Pride. Uh, um. Well, about that. For Pride. Um. No, I'm going be... to Amsterdam for Pride. So. Oh, be who you freaking are. Be um, who you are. Yes. Oh my god, I really I'm going to Amsterdam for Pride. Okay. Speaking of Pride. Speaking of Pride, great segue into the topic of today's episode, which is film and specifically lesbian cinema. The highly, the highly discussed, but never really analyzed. Maybe not discussed. Maybe, maybe highly mentioned, but not often discussed. Exactly. World of lesbian cinema, an impactful and brilliant lesbian cinema in all of its regards, and we've each kind of chosen a film that represents um, something very impactful about the type of lesbian cinema that we, uh, that we enjoy, um, which I'm very excited because I think we've all picked very good films or very interesting films. Um, yes. mm -hmm. But I would like to begin, should we begin with Ivana? Because Ooh. as the guest, as the oh guest of Angels of Konya. I mean, let's get into this. Let's get know. into this. Because I think uh, getting straight into this film, which I think is great. I think no, everyone I here think has we, seen it. Yeah, yeah, we all love. I think we all yes. love. Um, <laughs> um, you know, 
ladies and gentlemen, give it up for Bound. Um, really good. Love, yep. love, 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 love. You know, Bound mm-hmm. is genuinely okay. Okay, so give, first us, give us like a rundown. Give us a rundown about what Bound is about for those so Bound, unaware. Yes, for those 1996, I think that was when it came out. Yes, it was 1996, okay. and uh, it was made by you know these siblings, Lily Wachowski, Wachowski. and Lana Wachowski. Mm-hmm. Um, and Bound is basically about um, an ex-convict, and they move into a building, and there's a very special someone that they meet in this building, and you know, mm. right off the bat, these two kind of click, and oh my god, and well, they, you know, plan, they hatch a plan, and mm-hmm. this plan is to steal two million dollars from this girl's boyfriend, mm-hmm. and it is amazing. This film mm-hmm. is, you know, its first part, it's like a perfect mix between like, I would say, eroticism in like a film, mm-hmm. and it has an excellent storyline, I would say, and just like overall visually, it's stunning, like the pacing of it's stunning, like how they filmed it is stunning. It's just a very- you know, and Jennifer Tilly are stunning. Like <laughs> Literally do not even get, uh, we I are going to get started. But those Actually, two, those two like- Amazing. And even Joe Pantaleone, uh, Leone's like, performance in it is yeah. also really great. But like specifically, yeah, Gina Gershon and Jennifer Tilly, like these two, the chemistry they have on set is unbelievable and bound. It's, it's truly fantastic. And I love the fact that it's a genre film that is a crime genre film. Yeah. It's also a very erotic a l- lesbian depiction, which I'm like... This doesn't really exist in this way. I think this film really stands up on its own as truly a an erotic genre film. Um, yes. Gina Gershon plays one of the most attractive women that I've ever seen on screen. She's absolutely gorgeous. Yep. Jennifer Tilly as well. Um, it's, I will it's, be opening the Jennifer Tilly fuck factory. The Jennifer, Tilly, the Jennifer Tilly, you know. Wow. Believe that. Believe that. The icon I, that Jennifer Tilly and is. It's one, it's one of those films that I'm like, I I think it's, it's, I was going to say it's like a film that maybe like only lesbians can really like attach themselves to, but I guess I've said yeah. that below, like a lot of like gay men really love it. So maybe I'm wrong. <laughs> um, But I guess it's like gay people really can attach themselves to it. And like, I was watching it and like, I was like, I had watched it and was really invested in their relationship in a film in which if you just put two women together, um it's it can be like okay yeah they're they're lesbian right but what else is it giving and this film right. does just does, does explain does show in fact what <laughs> else it can give um and does it show yeah i mean it when shows. was the first time you saw bound the first time i watched it was i believe with you and i think our mutual friend sarah I think we watched it one time I together. Wait, no, I think you're right. I think we watched it together. And then the sec the you know, the first time I watched it, I was like I liked it, but I wasn't crazy about it. Mm-hmm. And then I remember probably how long ago is it now? I wanna say a few months, maybe months ago, um, seat messaged me and they were like, Are you awake? 
do you want to watch Bound with me? And I was like, I've yep. seen it, but I don't remember liking it. And they were like, okay, well, let's watch it again. Like, can you watch it again? Mm-hmm. And I was like, you know what? Yes, I'll watch it with you. I have nothing to do. Let's go for it. So B and C were watching Bound. And I don't know what it was. I it's like that thing where I don't know. I have this thing where if I listen to music the first like a song the first time, I won't like it. And it has to like grow on me. Like if I listen to the second time, I'll probably like it around. That happens to me with Bound. Like, like I watch it. Like, what, what is this? The second time I was like, you gotta catch it though. And I caught it. Like it mm-hmm. literally, like, you gotta catch it though. And I caught yeah. it. And it was amazing. Bound the second time through after watching it again and like actually really focusing on the film, like not even just for the plot. Which is actually a very, like, it's a very clever plot. And it is a good plot. Mm-hmm. I feel but, like it's like, a hard film to watch with people because it's actually so intimate. Like, it, I watched it, intimate. I remember yes. watching it alone. I remember watching it by myself. And I was like, wait, I'm I'm personally very involved within that relationship. I feel like I'm, it's very yeah, kind of voyeuristic. Like, but it, I was very attached to it. And I feel like something, you know, I've seen a bunch of, like, lesbian films with people. But it's always kind of been ones that you should kind of watch with people. For instance, If These Walls Could Talk too, which I watched with Sarah. Um, it was, I think, a, something, a, a watching that required someone else to be there so you could discuss mm-hmm. it. Um, Bound, I feel like you get a lot from watching it on your own. Um, yeah. Because it's so subtle, because of the kind of erotic nature, it's almost kind of, like, weird to watch it with someone else. But... It's funny that you mentioned that because funny. I think the entire time that me and Seat were watching it, we did not say shit. We no, had a no. joke here or there, I feel like, but like, yeah, we honestly, were really, like, we really quiet. quiet. <laughs> like, we got quiet as fuck, like, mm. real quick. Like, and I'm like, I'm usually like a talker. Like, I, yeah, I like, like people, so much shit. <laughs> yeah, we, when, or especially like, I know that like we both, but specifically, like, I know that when I watch a movie, I'm kind of like the worst person to watch a movie with because I'm talking the entire time like and it's not even that i'm not paying attention i do pay attention but for some i just have to speak i love like it could be dialogue and i'll be like i don't talking know <laughs> talking over like them but I'm, still dialogue. Watching, yeah. dialogue is so good and I'm talking over the dialogue um like it's just like it's the same it's this i guess with me it's like i'm watching a film and i want to kind of like talk about like the film i want to be like oh uh, did yeah. you see gina gershon in showgirls like this is such an amazing parallel performance and i want to like talk like that um and people are like girls shut the fuck up no i i think yeah i'm <laughs> similar similar in that way but sometimes i do just talk bullshit but mm. it really was possibly one of the few movies that i watched that was not by myself Please, where <laughs> i was like you like actually like you know that that like one picture that's like bitches won't like your shit, but we'll look at it like this. Yeah, or we're yeah, staring yeah. at it like yeah, that, that was the whole fucking no, like, and I'm not like that. I really bitches will watch your bound and look at it like this. <laughs> Literally, um, I, like it was amazing. Like the second time through, like full focus, and mm. like I realized just how beautiful like this film like truly was, and it is like. It is a very great piece of lesbian media, I would it say. Is. It is. It is a very vital justice. piece. And yes. a piece of lesbian media that I think is truly representative. Um, because yeah. there's so much that gets made and people, you know, talk about a lot of lesbian films. So you need to watch this and this. And for me, I'm like, if you're kind of getting into lesbian cinema, I will immediately recommend Bound. Because I'm like, to me, it's a very representative experience. And it's something that I feel is lacking in a lot of, I guess, contemporary lesbian films is a dynamic like this that is so true and so sexy like it's sex like it's sexy it's a sexual film it's yes truly erotic 
and something that is deeply missing from the lesbian sphere of interest at the moment is a sexual nature that is not just like horny it's not just like 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 gross kind of like or nothing else vapid it's not it's it's yes it's, yeah it reaches that brilliant kind of erotics like kind of like sweet spot in a film which i rarely see and like because it is two brilliant women playing the leads um it just adds another complete level to it and i will have to rewatch it again like uh, at some point soon uh gina gershon who i have a huge crush on plays the most like gorgeous butch <laughs> lesbian that i've no, ever like- seen like, I was like, like in my head, I look like that. <laughs> I think that I was gonna say. I always associate you with this film. I'm almost like, wait, like Ivana is giving like Gina Gershon tea because I don't know, like I, it's it's a very Ivana film to me. Oh, thank um, you. I love referencing it. <laughs> Do the voice. Do I make you nervous? Corky? Do I make you nervous? Corky? Do I make you nervous? like using this. Like, the way that Jennifer Tilly speaks in the whole film is so interesting. Like, I think, like, because I recently rewatched it, as a, some background, as a child, I always knew I was, like, gay. Like, I always knew mm-hmm. I liked girls as a kid. Like, since I was a kid, I yeah. knew I liked girls. Specifically, though, Jennifer Tilly was a woman that I did have a crush on as a child, because I, I remember watching, like, The Bride of, I think she was in The Bride of Chucky. Of course she was. But, mm-hmm. like... I remember seeing her in that, and I was like, "Whoa! Like, who, who the is fuck is this? that?" Literally, like, I was like, this? "I was like, who is that?" Like, mm. and I always she's found real, her like, and she's very, she's very beautiful. I think and she's so, very, very important to lesbian. Media I think so culture. too. I think, yeah. she, I think her she knows woman. what she is. I think she knows like, she is, and she is, yeah. Because like, also in Showgirls, which I would also say is a beautiful lesbian film <laughs> in other, completely in yes. another way. Completely yes. in the kind of like dynamics and everything of that film. Yes. Um, whereas Bound is far more kind of, you know, it, it is a lesbian film. Like it is about two women who are lesbians, who are in a lesbian relationship. Whereas something like Showgirls is far more like everything else that's going on is yes. very kind of impactful to me. But Gina Gershon, I feel she, oh, she knows what she's doing through that film, which is so good because I'm like, sometimes you watch a film and you're like, I don't think these girls know. I don't think these girls know what, what they're doing. I don't think these yeah. girls know how to kind of depict Sim- this. Similarly, I feel like Gina Gershon as well, where she did, like, her performance was very, at least t- to me personally, it really did sell butch. Like, it wasn't just like, mm. hey, mamas. Like, it was like an no, intimate it, understanding of like what it I feel like she butch. did like a full, like, she was doing her research. Mm hmm. Um, I feel like, which is really evident in the film, that she kind of understands the character so well, Um, which it shows when someone does that, pretty much always, when when someone has a kind of deep understanding of who they are representing within Mm -hmm. a film. Um, I know that, like, I think Mike Lee's whole thing is what he tells his actors. Obviously, this isn't a Mike Lee film, but when Mike Lee makes a film, he tells his his actors to base it off someone you know. Mm-hmm. base it off someone you have a kind of understanding of um, and that's why he gets these kind of very interesting unique performances from his films and I think it's the same with this except I think that Gina Gershon was like I think Jennifer Tilly does it as well and maybe doesn't get enough credit yeah. for playing someone that she you believe is like very developed as a character mm-hmm. and is 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 layered you know the whole, the whole thing about Jennifer Tilly kind of like 
she she she's attracted to her character is like basically exclusively attracted to women but plays around with men for like kind of her like social gain um and her point in the world which is like you have to make these kind of like choices and these sacrifices to get to a Mm -hmm. point um but still remain true to yourself which is she is attracted to women i think almost exclusively uh Mm -hmm. but which is really interesting and and something that like you know again have that in a film have someone that doesn't abide by the kind of like stereotypical kind of just like and i'm a sapphic you know yeah thing <laughs> yes which is a definitely i think this film was like anti-sapphic um, i think that's why i would like recommend it to like people that want to get into lesbian cinema because you're not going to see some like sappy shit this is real this is hashtag real um like, they get into the nitty-gritty in this fucking movie absolutely and, like jennifer tilly's character quite literally carries like the mm-hmm. film and like mm-hmm. you know if our lovely listeners do watch this movie i hope you genuinely enjoy it because yeah it is quite a show like it's a, yeah. not a show sorry but it is a film it's a great film but like again her character carries the entire film and like i would agree quirky court or sorry gina gerson's character yeah quirky like quirky is such like a i guess like an impactful character for the film too but it's mostly because of like her character's personality and just her character in general, like, again, it's the dynamic between these two, mm-hmm. but she gives, like, Je- uh, Jennifer Tilly's character, like, such a push in the film to yeah. really, like, hard carry. It's the relationship and between the two characters. Yes. And it's, like, centers, oh, it's real centers, that it's just not, yes. like, this one story where this, you know, this other person's at the side. It's two centers of a film, which I yes. find very fascinating that you have yeah. the ability to have two characters who you could really just make a film about from that perspective, but there's really yes. not, a, I guess, a perspective from one of the characters. You play mm-hmm. into both, which is very, um, which I think works incredibly well. I think this film is really, really enjoyable. Um, we'll be watching again. And you know what? I feel like something that is very underrated and we're not seeing at all and I'm constantly pushing for this is like there is probably the most respect that I've seen in my limited scope if we've talked about how like I don't watch movies and I hate movies and all that. Mm-hmm. Um, at least that I've seen the respect that they genuinely have for butches and femmes, the love mm-hmm. between butches and femmes that like respect. There's I just thought real... about those like pictures that like a, a femme needs her butch, like, yes. type. like, but it's like so respectful, it's so caring yes. to demonstrate mm-hmm. the intimacy of that, that like mm-hmm. the intricacies mm-hmm. of it, and like that's not something that you like literally see and they actually depict femmes as femmes like jennifer Mm -hmm. tilly is such a beautiful like representation of femmes and like you were talking about ivana that whole thing um and and elway really like Mm -hmm. her dynamic between like her like the actress like being able to play like a lesbian that has no attracting attraction to men but be mm-hmm. having to and having to like play it off and do all this have being like an actress who doesn't experience that or at least you know we don't know that but like well. at least mm-hmm. like exactly well um well. like being able to play that really well as someone that we presume and i'm gonna say presume as straight mm-hmm. like is oh, yeah. so 
like such an amazing like such two amazing actresses but like really you don't have that highlight. in real life and yeah. it's like this is the why the highlight so, is yeah the highlight for me is really like the femme like and butch like that representation because yeah. a lot which is of like them, what other film has that to exactly it to that degree exactly that isn't just i i would say like a movie that just is so corny and just focuses on that like at least that i've seen like and and just butch representation in general is like n- literally non-existent mm-hmm. in almost any piece of media yeah. and if it is it's very stereotypical extremely yeah. disrespectful mm-hmm. like very very shallow it's like it's played up to the stereotype, which is like yep. something that I think if any other kind of butch media, I immediately go to Stone Butch Blues, which I don't know if you've read, which I would recommend. I have read both of you. You have read, okay? I, I have didn't not know you've finished read it. it. I have. I think I'm on the really last great. chapter. Really great yes. whole thing about like uh, is not as not just like kind of like butch and lesbianism. It's all about gender and everything, but from a very interesting perspective, and especially mm-hmm. from the point that it was written, um, is another point piece of kind of butch media that immediately comes to mind. I know there's been like you know documentaries and stuff about like butch women but there's not a whole lot and i think it it gets very much the whole idea of butch women is then relied to relied on stereotype it's relied on kind of a kind of, kind of contemporary um depiction of butch women rather than like a kind of layered history um yeah. which i think is this is a very important part of this history is this film because it's it's yeah. A really accurate depiction it's why i kind of am against this whole thing about like oh only gay people should play gay characters i'm like no because no. if it why but then we won't get films like this and i'm like we have yeah. so many interesting films in which you know you have like straight people um quote unquote playing gay characters i mean i think to mm-hmm. kind of my own private idaho um which is a brilliant kind of film on gay men and gay hustlers or you know that type of character which is depicted by kind of two straight guys really um which is something i'm like why why are we limiting this why are we limiting this expression and i think that it's like such a testament to how like people can be such phenomenal actors and actresses and you can understand these characters and it's like if you really can why not so that's yeah yeah, for me that's why yeah i think this is whole discourse going around with like you know, we should let people who are these people represent. And I'm like, yeah, sure. But, like, let's not make it exclusive. Why? Exactly. Yeah. I think it should be a bonus, but I think it should be, like, a fine print bonus. Like, I don't think... It's kind of, like, the whole thing that's happening right now with literature, which is, like, it the state of books, the state of literature Girl. is so... <laughs> it's done. It's, it's done. So, it's, ov- it's over. It's I mean, I want to be optimistic. I want to be, like, we have a lot of... I know people who are really interesting, kind of, have the ability to make great, kind of, gay books and gay literature and mm-hmm. all of that stuff, but it's in, we're in such a kind of, like, terrible state at the moment yeah, where it's because all, like, kind of, like, tropes. young adult, tropey shit. Yeah. And I went, like, mm-hmm. I was... Maybe I don't know who I was talking to about this. Maybe I was talking to you, see, about when I went to the queer bookstore. Yes, you were talking to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I went to a queer bookstore in in London, and the like the the only thing really that was I mean they obviously had a section of like classic queer literature and stuff, which I was like gravitating towards, and I was truly gravitating only towards like the gay male uh works i was gravitating towards the kind of like gay kind of there was all they had all the like i can't remember the name now but all like the barra gay manga and i was just like stood there with like no shame i i'm one of those people that like if i'm going to a place looking for something i have no shame in what it is um so i was there like looking like flipping through these like 
gay bar manga coffees living and stuff. your fajoshi truth oh <laughs> your truly i'm sorry like i was get i was living it i was getting it and um going to like the, i i bought a copy of jean Genet, uh thief's diary um thief's journal whatever it is i bought a copy of that and they had mishima and i was like okay i'm really glad that they have people like that but everything else in the store was like young adult hashtag queer fiction and i was just like yeah and everyone else was like going to these places. Like I think I was the only one who was stood like next to like I was literally the only person stood in front of like the gay erotic art uh, books, uh, which was very weird because I do not kind of pre- I present very kind of like um, femininely, very kind of like you know unsuspecting girl instantly yeah. goes gravitates towards like full like, on gay fucking ass fucking. <laughs> porn basically um and i was like i was stood in there like wow this is everything um like Derek Jarman and stuff. <laughs> oh like i i was like getting it but like the everything else in the in and especially the lesbian stuff was so watered down yeah. and sappy and i was like we don't have like where is the gay like it's the lesbian erotic manga i was like we really don't have that in the first place but like where is it yeah. um and, and I, like, then when... what we have is like actually <laughs> abysmally bad like yeah like... we have a few things i think we have a few i i've seen like uh people like tiff like post uh what they're reading like some like web uh manga or something it's like, okay like that's like pretty full-on um and I'm, mm. I'm glad that, that exists but it's very like few and far between in the sense of like physical media which i'm a huge kind of um supporter of collecting kind of physical media you know i'd love to have bound on you know DVD, you know like on a blu-ray oh, or a dvd I would that would be to have you know that. i try and collect as much as i can in physical media because i'm like that's physically something that i can hold and be like this cannot be taken away from me yeah um, yes at the moment i only have bound on my computer but it's a file and it is as long as my hard drive doesn't get wiped yeah i have it there, which is always yeah. i have it's it online there. on like a, a mm-hmm. like a like a movie theater platform that we have here mm. and like they have like digital discs but our mutual friend actually found a cassette i don't know where they found it but i think they found a bound cassette somewhere like a vhs yeah they found like a vhs tape mm. of bound for like two so yeah in like oh, a random throwaway that's bin why i something. felt so good getting you the sonatine uh, takashi uh yes Kitano I, film yes i still have VHS. it yes i still have it but yes, i got I you that because i was like it was honestly like not that expensive and i was like wait this is such an interesting obviously yes. nobody really has vhs players anymore which yes. is a shame i had one it, like having it having is, it is it's a, an artifact of you know yeah um, and I feel like Bound is very much a thing that we, everyone should own. And I will end up owning it on... Uh, I think no, I want to. Yeah. We should like, all just get Bound. Go. The, 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 like, sisterhood of the traveling Bound. Cause <laughs> no, literally, like, actually, literally. though, we're just gonna all hold on to it. That oh, fucking movie is gonna have, like, the amount of stamps that shit's gonna have on it. It's mm. gonna be unreal. But and I took Bound to Amsterdam, you know? Like, literally. And... Mm. Bound is again, yeah, one of those films for like me going back to I guess Gina Gershon's performance in it. Bound is a film like as a butch lesbian. Bound is a film where like she performs so well as Corky that like like I make the joke like I that's what I look like in my head, but like mm. she's an excellent representation of a butch yeah. lesbian. Like it's going, she's a it's mere, and it's like it's the like representation. Yes, and it's like a, a representation that, like, when I look at it, I feel good. Like, I yeah. feel good watching it. Like, it makes me feel good seeing someone like her, like, 
I don't know. I'm so I can't fucking find a word other than slay, but she literally yeah. slays so hard in that no, film. I mean, like I, I also second that. In that film. Like, mm-hmm. and she plays like she's literally like an ex-convict. She just gets out of jail, and she's like, "Fuck it, I'm gonna live in this apartment and do renovations." And she's so real. She's fixing God, I'm things. Move she's stove. painting. She's moving that. I'm gonna plumb. I'm gonna be a plumber. Yeah, literally. There's this scene in this scene in Bound, stove. which is like one of the most like integral scenes of the film, which is near the start, where she goes over to like fix the plumbing. Yeah, because she yeah, loses the, the her kitchen. earring. Kind of like yeah. like a yeah. violet. I think it's already yeah, interesting like, like porn scenario, yes. but it's like yes. genuinely oh, like an erotic scenario, really, in yes. that film. And it's like, oh wow, I'm sad. Like I'm glued to the screen when yeah. that, that scene like, alone is so clever because of that, because it mm-hmm. is that like almost oh, like it is like a like a literally porn scene. It's a porn like, scene. They literally like they flipped it and reversed it to where it's like Again, yeah, what you said, it's like you so never see a porn scene, like, girl, when it's, it's two like, girls and one of them's fixing the plumbing. She's like, never oh, see that. I lost my earring. Can you come get it? And she's like, fuck, yeah, like, I'll go get it. And she goes, how do you like your coffee? It's and so she's sexy. Like, I made it's it. It's so like, sexy. What, I, like, I don't like it's just she's like, I know you like your coffee black. Like, I could just feel it. And it's just like, what the fuck? Like, oh. and it's just the connection, the dynamic between these two. And she's mm-hmm. like, I'll get your earring from the sink. And there's that shot with her working under the sink and Violet is standing behind her. And and she has like her, she's wearing like a skirt and she has those like fucking like pantyhose on. Like, and it's like uh, that shot alone is like Mm. such a hot Maybe like the last truly sexy lesbian film. Truly, so yes. yeah. I mean, we're I going really, to, to, yes. We're going to go on eventually to talk about kind of more kind of erotic lesbian films. But um, like, but the, I think to me that is the last kind of like yeah, like the of real like lesbian in film is yeah. probably. Um, but yeah, and I think what elevates it, like maybe I'm biased, but I I think mm-hmm. like what elevates it for me, and I'm I'm going back to it is because she's like it, there is a butch in it, and it is. Very, mm-hmm. like, like, like Ivana said, very just like attractive, very like mm-hmm. dynamic, like very like 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 Ivana like, said. For me personally, I, someone to look up to, someone to like yeah, yeah, want to yeah. base like, your look on, like someone to be like, no, like, I'm not butch, that's a role like, model. I'm like, so I guess I'm like, I guess I I identify, but like that's not true because I do identify, I guess, more with Corky, but um as someone who's not butch it's very kind of like attractive to me the whole film is like wow like um i think me, me and ivana were talking about this earlier about like like the attractive representation of, of more butchy women i would did mention shane from the l word very good mention very good mention i Extremely you know will defend that mention. representation i don't give a fuck um but yeah uh bound is bound is a great watch Bound is a real recommendation. Um, take that for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I wanted to kind of like. I don't know if there's anything else you want to mention about but about Butch. Butch. Um, <laughs> well, I mean, Boy, would I want. ever. Boy, would I ever. Girl. I got a couple of choice words for that. I have a. Uh, I have a few things to say actually. So. Yeah. Um. um but uh, yeah, Butch. Watch it. Everyone here. <laughs> Watch it, uh, Butch. <laughs> I'm girl. This gin and tonic. Oh, <laughs> like this running through you. your <laughs> ass. <laughs> I'm a lightweight. Butch, um, 1996. Yeah, watch, watch it. it. Replete it. 
Like um, everybody. Okay. Like uh, the I want to talk about your film. I think I want to talk about my film last because it's a okay. nice kind of like ending. But if we're gonna move okay. on to another film, unless anyone wants to talk about Bound anymore, because I don't know, I felt like I kind of like cut off the camp episode a bit. I feel a little guilty for doing that. Um, but I think we said. I think at least everything was said. I think my vote is we've said all we've had to say. I think we said what we said. About. I think so too. Um, you have to watch it to really understand, and you know, then it can be discussed. But you gotta um, catch it. You gotta catch it. You gotta uh, spoil it. You know, you just gotta catch you, it. You gotta catch it. Um, let's move on to seats choice. If you would like to introduce and discuss what it is about. I think, yes, I would like to introduce. This is a movie, at least for my timeline with my, you know, my mutuals, my friends, even. This is definitely like, the, we're definitely going on the more recent side. And it ha- it was very impactful for a lot of people, me included. Like, I'm talking impactful. And it is um, The Handmaiden mm-hmm. that was like for me like you know it everything about it um i personally like the twists um i mm-hmm. enjoyed it a lot um the i don't know how to explain the plot without spoiling it is the thing and i kind of don't want to spoil it but at the same time i feel like everybody who's hearing this podcast not to like like stereotype or like anything i feel like everybody mm-hmm. who's listening to this has seen it like <laughs> like certain demographic is listening to this podcast and i feel like yeah that demographic has definitely seen the handmaiden i think everyone who's listened who's listening to this currently has seen the handmaiden and i will not deny its impact on a lot of people (laughs) um sorry uh so do you want to so it was a uh was it 2016 20 i believe so yeah park chan wook film um uh 1930s korea i believe uh which is an interesting um era place and time to yeah. depict a lesbian film um never seen you know never seen anything like that before especially in like a like asian uh film uh asian film and, and lesbianism has had a very interesting run like i really i mean i'm a huge film fan of films like i think it's called manji which is the another lesbian uh, it's a japanese film uh, i guess it was like I want to say it was like 50s, maybe even earlier than that, which it, that film came out. Um, mm-hmm. And I really like that film. Um, but yeah, a, a contemporary depiction of 1930s Korea. Um, for those who literally haven't seen it, see, would you like to describe the kind of basic plot? I mean, it's yeah. a relatively complex one, but... Um... It is, so I would like to say, like, apologies to anyone, like, if I forget. It has been a little bit since I've watched it, even though it is impactful. Mm-hmm. Um, it is about, um, like, an orphaned, I think she's, like, a thief or, like, a pickpocket or something, mm-hmm. girl mm-hmm. who gets, um, like, who becomes a handmaiden to a very um, wealthy and um, powerful uh like half japanese i think she's half japanese half korean yeah um girl it's a a japanese count i believe yeah Yeah. she's living with her uncle and they uh she's kind of you know in in cahoots this this pickpocket played by kim terry um play like she's in cahoots with this this man that is trying to seduce um the character the uh what i was talking about the half japanese half korean girl who's played by um kim min hee mm-hmm. and she is in cahoots with this guy played by uh 
Ha Jongwoo. Ha Jongwoo, yeah. Yeah. And he, they're basically trying to um, con this woman into like him marrying her and taking all of her fortune. And it's kind of this very intricate like twists and turns of you know these two trying to to figure this out this the min uh sorry kim and he's character super depressed super suicidal like really crazy yeah. woman like like raw and real ass like just like really snarky uh not snarky i wouldn't say snarky more like confrontational is the best way to say it like just really not about it character and you know kim terry's character who is they kind of show is she's a little bit more like quick on her feet mm -hmm. you know and, and their relationship that like blossoms you know because of this like the intricacies of being a handmaiden essentially you know um this woman that's desolate and this girl that's desperately trying to you know ease her into this marriage and like that kind of failing and just the the plot really like i'm not doing it justice but the plot really like just kicks in yeah. like it's it, very hard it, to it, describe the whole plot yeah because mm -hmm. there is so many twists i'm trying not to spoil a lot of it mm -hmm. um there are a lot of twists and turns the uncle is really into erotic art and erotic mm -hmm. literature and um that plays a lot into the story of you know him like being so obsessed with erotic art erotic um literature and like the the society like the people they associate with that and how that plays into their dynamics and the way that he treats her um mm -hmm. because, especially because that is not his child that is his like niece and him having to take care of her and all the stuff that happens because of it is just very like it's so interesting like i said the twists and turns for me personally i just i i loved it um i think that it did keep me um on the edge of my seat i think <laughs> pun intended. um i like <laughs> 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 okay, i got myself but uh sorry the the relationship that blossoms between kim terry and min and kim and he's character is so well done because it like it is a sort of uh we were talking about early, earlier and we're gonna use this term a lot but like it doesn't it's not just like i don't know how to explain it. it's not just oh yearning which which i just yeah. like oh oh but like it is so much more like above that and it is so dynamic mm -hmm. because it, it immediately like it starts off with this sort of like there's clearly like some sort of sexual attraction going on but they're not playing it up to that, like, I guess, fetishization Which level. is actually, like, a complaint that people have about the film, is that it's, like, the, it, because it's directed by a man, um, mm. the erotic scenes are, like, seen as, oh, through the male gaze, which I disagree with. Um, I, I think completely disagree. I disagree with, and actually, like, I really like, uh, you know, if there's something I really like about the film, it's it's the kind of, like, handling of, like, erotic art. I mean, I think I'm, like, maybe it should have gone further. For me, I'm, like, I should have gone maybe. further. Um, like, that's literally me. I'm literally like, if you want to talk about erotic art, girl, the history of Japanese erotic art is very in depth, and I think yeah. um, at least at least it touches on that, and at least it does explore that to some degree. I'm like, honestly, mm -hmm. it should have gone further. Um, but yeah, uh, I d it's definitely one I need to revisit. I know it's one we have rewatched quite a few times. I remember yes. we watched it here. <laughs> we watched it here like a I'll three times. 
basically watching it watch- once, finishing it, seat joining, we're watching it again. <laughs> and then like charm joins like halfway after. through, and we're like, oh, and then we like, no, let's start. And we yeah. watched it all over again. Um, like it was unbelievable. It's definitely one I need to rewatch because it's one I see repeat. You know, like brought up again and again, and it's one mm-hmm. for me that I maybe have less of a connection to than something like Bound. Bring it up that I'm like not the biggest fan of The Handmaiden yep. because I'm not a massive Park Chan-wook fan. Um, I didn't really like Old Boy. Um, I'm trying to think of other things. I do need to see like Sympathy for Lady Vengeance and, and all that. That was, mm. okay. So maybe I can't have like it. a general, like I can't have like a general, I guess, feeling about Park Chan-wook because I've only seen, I think, The Handmaiden and old boy um i know he did decision mm-hmm. to leave which i've heard like mixed things about i've said pe- people have said it's great and then people have said it's like what if you know 500 days of summer was a korean um but then that kind of put me off it a bit but oh. uh some of his films i like, know i haven't seen like a lot of his films i i know that um i'm a cyborg but that's okay has been on my watch list since oh. basically forever yeah oh my God. Um, we actually Okay, we the three of us need to watch it because that has been on my watch list. Like something Mine I too. need to watch for years, films. and I want to add it. Yep. One of these yep. films I added to my only- watch list. Which I'm a cyborg, but I'm a, but it's, that's okay. That's it's the only film, and it's been there since I opened my letterbox, and I've had what my letterbox it? for like years, and it was like mm. the first and actually only film that's been on my watch list, and I, I'll, I'm always like so humiliating. Oh, it yeah, yeah yeah like i'm, I'm li- I, I, think, I have it i have not seen it i want to um, see if i can see when i added this i swear to god it's been on my watches for like three years like actual three years I, like, I i think the other film that i i watched from him i think partially watched and i can't remember which one he did it was three extremes which was three different uh asian filmmakers that tackle like a kind of like taboo thing and i mm. think park chan i can't remember um, no, I didn't see the Park Chan Wook one. Um, I saw, uh, Dumplings, which was the first part of the Three Extremes, and I hadn't finished it. I kind of, like, shelved it a bit. Um, it was just by Fruit Chan, um, which is a little bit kind of, like, abortion and, and, and things, and, and I haven't seen the rest of the film, but I haven't seen the Park Chan Wook uh, short. Mm-hmm. Uh, I know Takashi Miike does a short that is involved in the trilogy as well, um, but I've only really seen the you know, uh, Handmaiden, Old Boy, and I haven't seen, like, Lady Vengeance or Sympathy uh, for Lady Vengeance. Um, and there, just, there's, there's, well, there's, like, the three movies, like, and apparently I watched the last one because the, like, Vengeance, it's, like, what is it called? The Vengeance Trilogy, which is, I think it's yeah, Old Boy. Three. Yeah, it's, like, Old Boy and then Sympathy for Mr. Vengeance and then like sympathy for lady vengeance oh okay no, um, or no really it's sympathy vengeance. it's sympathy for mr vengeance and then it's just lady vengeance i think that's what it's called okay but like i watched i haven't watched old boy i have had many i i keep being like i'm gonna watch old boy i'm gonna watch old boy and then mm-hmm. i don't I um and then I, I guess you i guess you probably would i mean i don't know um I'm i yeah, a- i am a weird i am like a very odd person where i've had multiple people be like you're gonna hate this movie and then i loved it and gonna love it. yeah <laughs> I it. I guess it's kind of unpredictable in that way but like um i i saw old boy i was not a fan of old boy i was mm. like i don't care it's playing too much upon the, the twist and then like kind of like everyone knows the twist anyway and not that that should take away from it but i i i'm not a huge fan of of, of that film and and i have to admit even though it's very popular 
Um, I think it's getting re-release. I think um, also so. Like a remaster or something. I don't know. Um, but it's likewise with the Handmaiden. Um, I I do need to revisit it. I guess with my kind of like, I I I'm one of the persons like I need to like films more. Uh, my letterbox kind of curve. I know everyone's like, oh, what's your curve like? And I I see a lot of films. I'm like, they're okay. Um. <laughs> yeah. No, it's not mine though because I think mine are like one of the highest ratings are like mm. half a. St- and it's like oh, no, oh i like really don't that. like one of the, you know, the, like one of the most like one of the greatest film watchers that i know who's tony yeah. um shout out who literally like watches a film and rates it like nine out of ten or like five stars <laughs> like most of the film and i like but I, it's never like a thing that i'm like oh they're just like they're just rating a good rating so they don't know what else to rate it i'm like no like tony has a really good understanding of film so when he watches a film and gives it that like five star i'm like okay i like genuinely believe that um and i mm-hmm. think it's really compelling that he has that the kind of criteria for himself when it comes to watching a film and like giving it like a five star i'm like he genuinely loves films mm-hmm. um and i wish i in a way i'm like i wish i had that uh so maybe I, it, it definitely is something I need to revisit, but it's always been something that never really hooked me. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if I was always like, I don't find the relationship as like believable, maybe, mm-hmm. or I don't, I, maybe I'm not attached to the dynamic between the two. And I'm always like, it's just two women who they have the kind of love plot put on them. And it's all to do with, you know, that's, isn't it shocking that it's two women? And it's just like, yeah. But then when there's something like Bound, I'm always like, that's far more kind of relatable or like at least believable to me and that dynamic is far more kind of something that i am attached to rather Mm -hmm. than something like the handmaiden where it's like it's all you know done with the twist and it's all like done with you know the you know how the story plays out in the end and and i'm just kind of like yeah but i'm like far more interested in like the relationship between the two women women rather than like the twist of the plot um yeah so maybe that's my thing. I think the thing that I do like about the film is the kind of like touching on e- erotic art, um, which is something that I really like in in general, and I have a lot of interest in in my own like life and what I choose to kind of look at in terms of art and in terms of books and films specifically. Um, so for me, the erotic thing, I'm like, I, they should have been more of that. That would have kind of sold me, I think, a bit more if they kind of like did. Even though like people like are like, it's too like male gazy. It's too. And you, you know, and you're asking for more. <laughs> you're asking more. Maybe I should have been wrong. And you want more, and you love it. You know what, male yeah. gaze, male gaze tea is valid. Maybe it is. Not the hand maybe it is. <laughs> but I, like, I don't even think of it. I don't even think of it as male gazy. I just think of I it just, as like. I personally, okay, I personally don't. I think that like in the same vein, we were just talking about how like oh, gay people need to just play gay like like they need to play gay positions like they just need to play gay characters no straight people should i think this might be controversial even is that i don't think like movies that necessarily have to do with like um in the same vein like lesbian intimacy and like like even female perspective and all that i don't think that like only women should do it or only gay women should do it mm-hmm. um i think that like this movie was done very respectfully and very well hardly and... women in general let's have a heterosexual mm-hmm. lesbian relationship on screen. i think we should we should, <laughs> I think we should. exactly I think we should like i was saying I like I, men I... should play lesbians um controversial take but um i i there's a lot of films that i like 
see I kind of relate to and attach myself to that have like a heterosexual dy- dynamic even like like I definitely attach myself to like a gay man dynamic mm-hmm. and I've talked about this before that I'm like the, I've been called for Joshi um because of uh how many the like, truth because it's true and also it is the, the, truth. the fact that I have seen so many like gay male films but I genuinely kind of relate to that a lot um in terms of like how the dynamic between like two men is depicted, um, I guess it it is very different to how a lesbian um, dynamic is. But uh, I kind of I don't know. I just have an attachment to the, the the relationship between two men, and I think it's kind of like it gets into an intimacy that I think lacks in a lot of kind of lesbian media. Um, yeah. so maybe why my attachment to that is is it's something that I'm interested in. Um, but I think something like The Handmaiden. I don't know. I wish there was more of that. I w- that that's my main kind of gripe with the film is that I I wish there was more of a uh, a kind of a depiction of of, of a relationship and rather than just being kind of very theatrical and very kind of like filmic. I, I, which is I guess yeah. ironic to say talking about a film, but right. it is you know it is. Uh, which is also why I don't care for the kind of whole argument about it being a male gaze film. It's like you're talking about erotic art, girl. Like the people who were making erotic art were like men. Mm-hmm. Basic. I mean, obviously, women have have played that part through like Japanese um, erotic history, but it is you know depicted by men. So if you're going to have the argument that it's a male gaze film, like it's like truly really kind of shows our lack of understanding about the the source material, which is erotic art made by men. Which is like I think it's an interesting parallel to play against this film. Uh, what what I like the most about it is is that. But uh, I was going to say something, but I completely forgot. And I don't know if it's the Marks and Spencer's gin and diet tonic running through me right now yeah but i was gonna say something but i forgot what it was so yeah what i wanted to say was that i think like it was going to happen obviously it's a story it needs to ramp up but the like the way that it is depicted like the ramping like okay like the attraction between the two and then it like i almost don't want to say it's a love story even though it is right but like the like love i guess because it is for like i personally feel like it's not real like it wasn't a a, like a relationship that was based on like i guess like understanding it was like clearly like they were attracted to each other and then they like they like okay um like they're attracted to each other and then like oh like their their personalities kind of like work you know what I mean? It was like, oh, like I like you, and like I like your personality, blah, blah blah, right? To put it in it in the most basic terms, but like I like that the attraction, like it it builds up very nicely, at least for me, where it was like the whole scene at the beginning, um, where it was like, uh, Kim Kim Terry's character is like, oh, like what she, what was it? She she sucks on a lollipop and then like kisses her. And she was like, oh, like something practicing like for boys or whatever. And this is what we yeah, used yeah. to do with friends. And it was like that. And then it's the, very you know, like, the- I, it's very funny. I watched Cruel Intentions the other day, which I thought was great, which is the film with the infamous kind of uh, Selma Blair and Sarah Michelle Gellar kiss scene, which is like, you have to practice with your friends. You know, practice with your friends. And they kiss oh, wow. in, in, in a park. And it's like one of the most like iconic 90s. Uh, the scenes ever is the the very very up close making out scene between Selma Blair and Sarah Michelle Gellar. Well, I, we'll it, it like, I know that was like, impactful for you. 
Yeah. Um, yes. But uh, yeah, very very different film. But that reminded me of that. But yeah, continue. Yeah, and then Dungeon. the very very like well known scene in the movie, which is the like toothache scene. Oh, okay. Um, no, that I... is. Fair. I can't lie. Like I sometimes sorry fiddle like, with my tooth. I, I like I'm like if I have a toothache and I stop fiddling with it, I immediately go to the scene in The Handmaiden. I'm like if anything that stays with me from that film, it is that scene. I cannot lie. Uh, you know whatever. That scene is very hmm. it's unmatched. I love that yeah. scene. And also I wish I it was I don't know, I don't know. Like there's something about the whole film that I wish that I was like you know what? More? I get something deeper from Bound. I get I something think... from the deeper from the film I'm about to talk about. But yeah. I think the thing with Bound versus The Handmaiden is that I will say, going back to Bound, the first half of Bound is where the intimacy and that relationship is kind of established. You know, Corky yeah. goes in the elevator, um, Violet looks at her, and literally within the first like fucking like ten minutes of the film, that is like the just the gaze between those two mm-hmm. and like the exchange. But also, you look. know that you know that Corky is gay. Yes, obviously, you know, it has that immediately. You have that, yes, uh, and so, and then, yeah, just in general, the first half of the film, Violet goes over with coffee. She's like, Hey, I got something stuck in my sink. Like, what are you doing here? Like, just and they, you know, they establish that kind of relationship. They're Mm -hmm. flirting, they you can kind of feel the tension between those two. And so, like, the first half of that film is like strictly them flirting, intimacy. They kind of like establish that, you know, there might be something between them. And then the second half of the film is where shit starts to literally like hit the fan. And so, and then it develops and so on and so forth. But the thing with Handmaiden, and maybe I'm maybe I'm looking at it different from you guys, but that's the whole point of this, that we all have different views on this film. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I genuinely love The Handmaiden, and I know you guys to some degree also love it or may not love it as much, but I, this is a love story. To me, this is a beautiful fucking love story because it's a girl who didn't go into this expecting to fall in love. The last thing she expected was to fall in love with this person. And the first scene where she meets um, the princess or the heiress, if you will, um, Kim Minhee's character, the first thing she says... Yes, Lady Hideko. The first thing she says is, "Wow, she's beautiful." Yeah, and that is, and and the the also shot like a, of Kim yeah. Terry looking at her, she's like, she's literally stunned. She's like, "Fuck!" Like, which also, oh my god, she's it's, it's funny to me because a lot of like idols have seen this film, which is like, oh wow. Um, but like, also, idols have the same thing. It's like, oh, she's so you know she's so beautiful about other idols and it, it reminds me of that like the Korean, like the literally you know, the Korean like, idol like oh she's so beautiful like, it, it does like ring true to the kind of like appreciation for other women that that these what i've seen from like k-pop idols that they have for each other and it's like oh, okay and it's just like did you mean it the way that they said it or how did you mean that but well, it, yeah. it, it, you know, it expands on the idea to the whole film yes. really which i guess yes maybe that's why they like it so much and I think, okay, hold on. I would like to say, I want to make mm. a correction. I view this movie in in two very different like lenses. Mm-hmm. Um, before anyone like says like, why did you say it was impactful, but you don't see it as a love story? I think because I view these this movie like in those two parts where it's like before the twist and after the twist. Um, and to me, where Ivana, where you were talking about like how it is a love story for you, I think it like 
for me like hit in that scene where do you remember i think they were in japan and they um she like kim terry's character is about to get um locked away basically Mm -hmm. and they're like going through with this but um like kim and he's character like pulls her in and like kisses her at the screen door Mm -hmm. like like and it's just like this lingering shot of like very like aggressive like kiss but that was Mm -hmm. like that's the scene like i swear to god i could draw it from memory where it was like yeah like that one had me like choked up that one actually had me like oh my god like that's when the movie like really like like yeah you impacted me <laughs> you do something like that at least for me i'm like okay well you sold me on that didn't you for like, me the most like important scene there's a lot of important scenes and again yeah it is a, with that movie it is a lot of back and forth flashback this flashback that you didn't catch this part but, like we're gonna show you now like it's in a lot of parts it's very twist and turny but like i think for me the most important scene and i literally saw it on twitter a few days ago again because it's probably the most i want to say famous scene besides the you know the gay sex but it's the scene where spoiler if you didn't watch it turn this shit off right now but it's the <laughs> scene where kim terry destroys and completely destroys all oh, the yeah. eroticas yeah and she like is like fuck this what he has you doing is fucking evil i'm not having to do this shit anymore I don't give a fuck about what the consequences are. And the consequences were fucking huge. And like, to me, it's like being able to be so selfless in that moment and just yeah. completely like, just this is what you wanted, right? For me not to give a fuck like that. Literally, mm. Like she literally just completely I think, destroys yeah. this place in name of her. And she's like, you know what? This is and not for a character right. That's extremely selfish, by the way. Yes, and like literally, she went in there to rob this bitch, and then now she's now she's like, "I'm gonna destroy this place because I love you, and I don't think it's fair that you should be here, and it's disgusting that someone like you has to be here, and like to be treated this way." And like that, obviously, I think it's a little like muddled. Honestly, like the whole thing about the film is like a little bit muddled about its take on like eroticism because like, whereas like she has this um kind of anger towards how uh you know kim minhee's character is being used in these erotic scenes and whatever is is that's in the film um but also the lesbian like i i, I think about like one of the the last scenes where they're doing the things with the, the, the like metal balls oh, <laughs> <laughs> yes! and they're also like yes! scissoring yes! and stuff and it's like that's yes! really like that's based on like erotic like uh ideas you know so i'm like kind of like that gets muddled to me as like where is the, the film you know where is the stance on eroticism coming from this film because these girls are doing like stuff that really is only seen in like erotic art um you know the the scissoring and the, the but like, i think it's nice that you know what interesting. Yeah, it's i think it's nice use that to themselves yeah, they're like fuck yeah, this we're yeah, gonna use yeah. this shit for us i was gonna say i think for me it was like it was like a whole thing of like they're now like <laughs> Oh, I hate that I'm gonna use this term. Empowered by like because <laughs> No, I think I think it's right. But you know what? Right. It's it's it is literally it literally is what it was kind of conveyed because it was like, oh, this eroticism is bag. And like all of this, like this is nasty, but when they do it, it's when like we impactful. do it, it's fierce. Exactly. That's what I'm right. saying. Like I guess they, were, with, like, they were the empowered. People's, people's argument about it being the male gaze. I'm like, well, isn't that like 
in the film like isn't that like subversive isn't, isn't that, like i don't know isn't that the it's, film? it's all very muddled about the film like it's, it's kind of like depictions of, of yeah lesbian eroticism yes. but like I, I i actually do i i do like the kind of eroticism of the film itself i love it personally i watched it five times in a row i love it actually and I loved it every second of it. Definitely. And I went in for seconds and thirds and fourths. And thirds, actually. And, yeah. and thirds and fourths. In, in, a, in the same night. And fifths and sixths. Even though, like, the thing with the Hemian, too, is it's not even just about those scenes, but it's like, you know, um, what's his face? Um, the Count, the guy who poses as a Count. Mm-hmm. Um, he's literally trying to, like, he does not actually care about this woman's feelings at all. He's like, I just literally want to marry you for your money. And there's that scene where he's um like painting with her and he's like sitting behind her and he's touching her and like Kim Terry's like watching like through the window and she's getting oh, fucking yeah. pissed because like it's gross. And at some point he starts realizing like, oh, you actually like this girl. And like, I'm just gonna fucking piss you off because like you're not gonna get what you want. And yeah. that's what he's thinking, like the whole film. He's like, You're not gonna get what you want, like fuck you. But like <laughs> the gag is on you, twist and turn she does get what she wants and that scene i don't know maybe this is like crazy but like i don't know like in high school oh my god here we go <laughs> this is gonna oh, be here so we go. stupid this would be so dumb and maybe it's not the same at all but there's this thing of like it's the whole thing of like falling in love with a straight girl where it's like you know they're around men and like mm. you know they probably like men and then it just like it's like this certain type of feeling that you get when you see them around like a man yeah, and it's just that. like it's yeah. like it's like it's like fuck like oh like I have no chance type of shit and it's like it's like a really like abysmal feeling like it's a horrible fucking feeling and yeah. so like her being able to portray that just in that scene and there's like, many other scenes where she does portray that like kind of feeling where she's like oh like I'm fucking mad like I'm jealous like he gets to spend time with her like I want to spend time with her and like I feel like that's very not integral i would say but that's like a very like common feeling i feel like with a lot of like lesbians is that like at some yeah. point you will go through that in your life where like or maybe mm-hmm. not but you will have a crush no, on a girl that, i don't know <laughs> i think will. you will and it's horrible but like you will have a crush on a girl that is straight or what you think may be straight and like it's a shitty fucking feeling like it literally yeah. fucking sucks and that's like a feeling that i think she goes through at some point in the movie which is why not that I like it, like, not that I want her to suffer, but it's, like, it's very relatable in that sense. Hmm. Which sounds fucking crazy, because, like, this movie's not relatable to me at all in any like, way. Literally. Like, literally. <laughs> like, at all, but the feelings that they're able to convey are relatable enough to me, which is why I think I like it. It's, like, those things yeah. of, what would you do for love? And, like, mm-hmm. that, to me, is very beautiful. Like, I think the sacrifices that each of these two women make in this movie are very beautiful because they make these sacrifices for themselves to have a better lives with someone that they, like, genuinely have come to love and they didn't expect to love, which is the most beautiful part because it was a very mm-hmm. organic, like, type of thing, like, type of feelings to happen for these two. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe, yeah. maybe that doesn't make any sense. Maybe yeah. I've butchered my explanation for this. No, but... no, no, no. I think that I think that does make sense about like um, the different the the female gaze. I guess you can uh, you can whatever it is. But yeah, like, and you know, what? I feel like you can't have not that you can't have one without the other. But like they do play off each other in this film. Like what you were saying is yeah. like it is like it's part of it. Like the male gaze, whatever, is part of this film. Like yeah. it's mm-hmm. how they play off each other. 
and it has a it has a lot to do with the plot and that's i think the funniest thing like you were saying elwi the funniest thing about people being like oh it's male gazy or whatever like it's a man sort of you know making the movie and it's it's almost ironic to me because that is the whole thing about the movie. The yeah. whole thing of the movie is 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 about male gaze because it's about the uncle. It's about his obsession with erotica. It's it's about um the con man that's um the count like, yeah yeah th- that's trying to get with um that's trying to get with Kim and He's character. It is about mm-hmm. you know like the also about the men who who the um uncle surrounds himself with, and it it's like those scenes like you were saying um Ivana about um Kim Terry's character and like her like the desperation that you feel yes like, yeah that's like a perfect word the for scene it. that yes. that like is very funny to me that it's always oh, very male gazy is like this is a spoiler so if you don't want that you know again you shouldn't even be turn this shit off yeah um the scene where Kim and he's like looking for them and they're yes. they're they oh went mushroom God. picking Yes. And it was when the when Kim Minhee's character and um I, I'm forgetting the guy's last name Jung Woo, um not NCT Jung Woo but the other one, uh what's ha his name Ha Jung Woo he was um like they this was when Kim Minhee's character and uh, Ha Jung Woo's character like were plotting against Kim Terry yeah and they were like well, okay let's pretend to have sex so that she gets really mad um and like gets upset and it was like almost like very gratuitous for ha jung woo's character like it was like he, all he did was gain something like even mm-hmm. though it was all pretend and he didn't really do that to her he did get to have his hands on her and it was very like he at the end confronted her and was like you liked it and blah 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 like i if i wanted to do it we're gonna do it and you know yeah. she like complains about his micro penis um when they had that little argument or whatever but it was like um you know uh like that scene where kim terry is so visibly like upset and she's yeah. literally shaking from how angry she is that she, she saw them do down, it and then yeah, she like, and, walks like, away she stomps away yeah and she like has a tantrum and she like genuinely like that scene was so good to me like that was like wow like wow like it was just because so it was well like, done oh, it's so real like oh my god, mm. like, oh my it, god. Was so and it was so real and i enjoyed i liked it i, enjoyed I it. loved it i think i loved it speaking on unpredictable relationships i do want to talk about my film um unless unless there's anything else you want to discuss about uh handmaiden um i think i've gotten all my handmaiden um, mm-hmm. yeah I want to talk about the final main film that we're going to discuss, which is The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant, 1972, Werner Werner Fassbinder. I don't think Sia has not seen this film, as far as I know. No. Um, But this is a film that is Mm -hmm. the ultimate lesbian film for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I know that you have seen it, Ivana. I have, Uh, yes. I guess relatively recently. Ah, uh, yeah, a few months ago I watched it. Mm-hmm. Which I, I don't know, is that from my recommendation? I can't remember if I recommended this film It was to you. from yours and our mutual friend, dearest Minga, because Minga mm-hmm. had gone to see it, I think. like a, Yeah, they, true. Minga, they'd gone to see yeah. literally like a screening, mm-hmm. and I was so 
fucking jealous um, mm-hmm. because I've only seen this film from like in my home, downloaded. Uh, mm-hmm. Another film I would love to own a physical copy of and will yes. um, would would be this film. And uh, this film I saw for the first time, I guess maybe like a year or a couple years ago. Um, I'm a big fan of Fassbinder, mm-hmm. uh, but this is the Fassbinder that that the rings truth to me that I am the most attached to because it is his lesbian, the lesbian depiction film. He's never really done mm-hmm. another one like this. And I think there really isn't any other film that is like this. And basically, mm-hmm. so the film, uh, The Bitter Tears of Petra von Kant is about a fashion designer, the, the titular Petra von Kant in question, who the whole film, so the film was, uh, originally it was written for the stage, um, and was adapted into the film. It was written by Fassbinder, and he ma- wanted to make a film of it. So the whole film is set really in one room. It's set in one space, which is her kind of apartment. There's Petra von Kant. Um, mm-hmm. She has this secretary uh, oh. woman that kind of assists in the most... The, 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 um, follows her around. Yeah, Marlene, who is kind of like dismissed and mistreated. Oh the whole film like she is just like an observer to this whole thing um and the whole film is about this uh model this woman who wants to be a model uh karin who is played by hannah shilgula who is the kind of one of the fastbinders muses which is also the late margit carsonson who rest in peace mm-hmm. um she plays petra von Kant. but karin comes into this woman's life and immediately kind of just like is complete destruction because Petra von Kant madly falls in love with Karine. Mm-hmm. Um, yes. And it's this whole, it's just the way that this film is contained within this one space and the dialogue in w- within this one space is so fantastic. It is so well written. It is so well performed. I want to say specifically by Margit Kostensen, who plays Petra von Kant. Mm-hmm. Um, this almost ugly, kind of evil lesbian relationship between these two mm-hmm. women that is so, it is just in that area, is just in this scene, is just in this mm-hmm. set. The whole film is contained within that, within these two women. Um, and it is the desperation of, of, of love and the desperation of being in love with another woman. Mm-hmm. And to the point of complete catastrophe, really, that I absolutely, completely see myself in and completely attach myself to is this yes. film. Um, but it is a completely phenomenal film. I, I, I think when I watched this film for the first time, I was completely floored by the camera work of it. Yes. And the eye of the camera, 100%. the almost voyeuristic eye of the yes. camera that is transferred from the, you know, the stage play, in which it, it, the, the stage play in itself fundamentally is a voyeuristic kind of um medium you know you as the audience the the actors are aware of the audience and this film the audience is replaced by the camera and is also kind of like seen within marlene who mm-hmm. is there to observe the whole thing oh, um, i love marlene but it's this almost one-sided 
poorly imbalanced relationship between these two women mm. like one of them doesn't care as much one of them is younger she's 20 you know she's like 23 mm. or something yeah. Um, yeah there's this wonderful line in the film where karen's character says your life doesn't begin until you're 23 which i am like okay like i'm not 23 yet i still you know i still am i'm pitting on this my life will begin yes uh true to her words at 23 um mm -hmm. And it, just the destruction of, of a relationship, the destruction of a dynamic between mm -hmm. these two characters is so, like, ruthless and yes. beautiful. Uh, I mean, I always, I think I posted the scene uh, near the end where Petra von Kant is sitting with the phone and the beautiful yes. artwork behind her in this beautiful kind of white rug. That... And she oh. sat on the phone talking to herself, like, do, like, do, like, um, debriefing on the whole mm -hmm. relationship. Relationship. See, I'm literally <laughs> it's No, actually, the relationship. The relationship, like, because it really no. is. Yes. Um, and she's she's kind of deliberating on the 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 whole whole oh, love, talking to herself, waiting for the phone call, which is like such a cutting. Like we're just sitting with the yes, such a cutting the scene. Talking. The abs, the, the absence of the call from mm -hmm. Karin, like just waiting and arms waiting. like outstretched on the the white carpet, which is such a beautiful, memorable moment for me. Mm -hmm. Um, I love the fact that Margit Carlsen plays this character as well because I have a kind of huge crush on her and was very upset when she passed away recently and it was just like reminded me of this film and I was like I have to talk about the bit of Tears of Petra von Kant because you know everything about this is is wonderful the way it's a fast vendor film and and I'm a you know I'm it's such a love of mine is this is this film um but I want to see what like I want to know what your take on it is Ivana this movie, so yes, I watched it a few months ago, um, and like, I remember putting it on, and I was like, you know what, like, I want to watch something new, and I usually get all my film recs from either, like, actually quite literally just you, just so me. like, I was like, yeah. you know what, I want to see, sauce. I want to see another Elway film, because I haven't seen another Elway film in like, ages, so I threw it on, um, and I loved it, like, the, I remember for the beginning, it, it's a very long not a monologue, but it's a it's a very good. I almost want to say it's a one shot, really. Like it's mm -hmm. just a singular the camera shot. linger. The camera just this yes, even there. within the cuts, it it still is this like you know and this presence that stays um as the kind of outsider. Yes, and it's just so like this is a movie where I watch it and I'm like, these are fucking mm -hmm. actors. Like these are oh Maki, oh like, Maki, these are actors. Like these people oh, she's are so good. And like the whole, I want to say like first, literally like 30, 40 minutes of the film is just a conversation between um, Margit Carsonson's character, so Petra von Kant, and I believe her friend mm -hmm. is like in the first like 30 minutes of the film and they're just yeah, talking, yeah, yeah. talking about like her husband and how- I think there's maybe like six characters in the whole film and like, like, literally, like and three of them that are really like main characters yeah. that you- and it's that's what makes it so amazing is that like you can really yeah like quite literally this film is like twelve dollars and like a camera like it, and a it's, dream and girl it's they, a dream. they, they and stretch those dreams. dollars out because 
I also want to talk about how gorgeous everything in the yes. film is. I mean, it's the like, like just faggot. The interior everything. design, the yeah. costume, the makeup. Oh, I mean, it's, I mean, when it comes to Fassbinder, he does not miss when it comes to these gorgeous looks, honey. These Never. gorgeous scenes. I mean, I watched, I rewatched uh, World on a Wire with my friend Yelena mm. recently, and we watched the whole thing, and it's basically this two part television series. Um, that we sat and watched all of it, and the whole th I don't know, maybe you joined us for the end of World in a Wire? I don't know if I was watching it, like, in here, like, alone, um, and I- oh no, maybe, like, you were, like, wanted to call, and I was like, oh no, I'm finishing this film, or this, like, you know, series World in a Wire, and, like, I show, like, the last, like, five minutes of the film, but it's very dramatic and everything. But no, mm. Fassbinder, I don't know if you've seen any of the Fassbinder films, and I would highly recommend. I think have played, like, a few in here, and I've seen yeah, pictures of them. I remember. I would I recommend like, yeah. basically anything that he does. He is one of my mm -hmm. biggest idols. Uh, I would recommend, like, The Marriage of Maria Braun, or I would mm -hmm. recommend Corel, which is basically, like, the his... It's based on the text by Jean Genet, which is this huge, mm -hmm. massive fucking gay film. It's just blatantly just, like, fucking gay man. Just blatantly fucking. Oh, my God. And I, I showed it to my friend Dan. We watched it at his aunt's house. He was like, I want to watch a gay film. And I was like, do you want to watch Corral? And we watched it on this tiny TV. In his, he was staying with his aunt in this tiny TV in, like, York or somewhere. Mm -hmm. And we watched all of Corral. He was like, this changed my life. I remember we didn't mm -hmm. have, like... There wasn't the subtitles. Obviously, the whole film was subtitles, but there wasn't subtitles for the Jean Genet quotes mm -hmm. in the film. So he, we would pause the film, and like he would translate the Jean Genet because he's like borderline <laughs> fluent French. So he would translate the Jean Genet quotes and the inter, you know, the, the the title screens or whatever through the text screens of the film. Mm -hmm. He'd be like, "Pause. I need to, you know, tell you what this says." And I kind of yeah. seen the film so many times, I kind of knew what it said. But um, no, uh, Fassbender is a, a huge fucking stands alone in his his work and this of all of his things i would also recommend uh in a year with 13 moons which is kind of very fundamentally as mm -hmm. much as i hate using the term it is a fundamentally queer film it is just mm -hmm. like you cannot kind of divide it into something more specific that's just how it is and i think that's like rings true with a lot of his work within even his heterosexual depictions and everything else you know we talk about the, the style of the film the style of this film for someone who is so into fashion and yes you know everything is like so true to me and it's like you know you watch a film that's like people are saying you know when people say like have you have you ever seen a film that's like how did this person like know me so well when they made this mm -hmm. um this is the one film that i bring up is the bitter tears of petrovan can how did they yeah, know i get it uh, you know, she is literally a fashion designer in the film, and I'm like, wait, yes, yes everything. And, like, even that, like, alone, because she is a designer, that, like, that's what makes her relationship with Karen, like, so much oh, more. Oh, it's so, like, Karen, but it goes in there Madonna and she's like, oh, figure. like, yeah. yeah, like, I want a model, like, blah, blah, and then oh, she, it's like, so good. and the conversation these two have, and it's, like, the one of the first conversations they have, and she's in her room, and she's on the bed, and they're talking, what's probably I, for hours but yeah. it, it's the most like raw and real conversation. i love there's this yeah the scene between them where like um petra von kant has kind of shared this like um beauty like this kind of like fashionista beauty mm -hmm. from her she has she's wearing no makeup she's in like a mm -hmm. robe or a gown yes. or something yeah. and she's drinking and she's slumping off the end of the bed with like yeah. like, like a you know whiskey or whatever it was in her hand 
And, yeah. you know, Karen is still this glammed up beauty and she is kind of falling prey to this, you know, wonderful young woman. And it's all about mm-hmm. that and they're the kind of like the age between them and she is like disintegrating in front of this model, this 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 mm-hmm. woman that she loves, you know, mm-hmm. both within herself and both kind of presenting to her, you know, mm-hmm. this disintegration. Her hair is down, like I mean she still looks gorgeous. Yeah. Like she still looks absolutely amazing. Yes. And uh, the disintegration of beauty, the just like the kind of like faltering relationship. I mean, I always do talk about the phone call scene, which is this it's... kind of like that's her <sighs> dealing with it herself, is to herself, is, is this kind of like monologue yeah. that drones on, just like, oh, I hate you, you slut, or whatever she says. And like, because yeah, there's a scene where Karen, like, she leaves and she comes back and she's like, Well, where were you? And she was like, I was having sex. And like, yeah. From and it's like, saying, onward, oh, I want to die. I want to die. That onward, I'm not even kidding. My feelings, and that's what makes a movie good, is if your feelings, I feel like, can change drastically. Oh, it makes like, sense. It was a feeling that, like, was so. It went from very comforting to, like, oh, I love this. Like, this is so beautiful. Oh, to, like, like, a it was like, back. it really became, like, treasure. She talks about, like, this awful. kind of, like, very, um, f- very you know, I don't know how to describe it, kind of controversial depictions of her sexual yes. escapades that Karen, yes. Karen talks about. That. It's like, it's, it's almost about like, her, like dialogue. Yeah, dialogue that is actually piercing and it's the most piercing yes. dialogue that I've seen in it's, anything. I guess it relates yes. to me. So personally, it's just so, you know, the, the I actually feel like the physical sensations of like yes, the, no, the reaction to her words and i'm no, like literally. oh my god exactly i am that. so attached exactly to petrovon khan who's kind of a cunt like everyone in this film was kind of a cunt which literally. i love i love There's when everyone's no, kind like, of a cunt in the film um, i think like the only genuinely mm, maybe i maybe i'm remembering it wrong but like marlene would be like the feeling of like goodness almost because like marlene everything marlene does is literally for Petra von Kant. Like, she yeah. does all these things for her. Like, you have this, like, three way of, like, Petra von yeah, Kant idolizes Karine, but Marlena works for Petra von Kant. And it's and like, where like, are we standing in terms of the power here? Yes. And she loves Petra. That's the thing. Mm-hmm. Is like her character. Oh, I'm gonna like, die. She, I'm gonna die and talk about it. The way that Petra, like, treats her, like, Bitch, if that was me, I would have walked out of the door immediately. Like, yeah. you know Marlene loves she's her from the shit that she does for her. And she's it is, very, like, unbelievable. Yeah, she's very <sighs> secure, and she's very, like, you know, um, yes. she's a very, she's very secure in herself, seemingly, from the start of the film, when she's talking to this, to her friend, mm-hmm. and it's all very, like, you know, I have all of my, everything is very polished in my, my work and how I present myself and my fashion Mm -hmm. you enter this beautiful apartment room and everything is like this this gorgeous set this gorgeous kind of living space in which you believe that this woman has the Mm -hmm. world on her shoulders she's a successful Mm -hmm. fashion designer and she you know her whole life is a curating art her whole life Mm -hmm. is like putting together you know images and 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 beauty and it's that disintegration within her whole life that is so beautiful to me and see you absolutely have to watch this film i don't know if you would like it or not i don't know if i would like yeah being like i don't know if i'd like it i don't actually know like i'm very neutral to it um i i'm not it sounds very intriguing Mm -hmm. um just from how you guys are are explaining it um (sighs) i i i'm like 
as you guys are talking, I'm looking at screenshots and mm-hmm. I'm kind of like, okay, like it's the same. I, I believe it's you're talking about her apartment where mm-hmm. there's like a painting, like yeah, it's 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 wonderful. And I always am like, girl, I need that. I need I need a wall that's just a painting. Um I mean Fassbender is a genius when it comes to the sets and the the style of a film, and he uses these beautiful um shots that that show the art of the set so wonderfully um that's literally the art in the set which is so fantastic to me uh but i i'm not sure if you it, it, it's very dialogue heavy it's very kind yeah, of a lot um, of <laughs> it's kind of you know what someone would say like problematic it's kind of yeah you know it's not you know it's the kind of opposite it's the complete kind of like harsh opposite to this like you know sapphic picnic Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. you know, I guess culture that we are now surrounded by is this like lack of lack thereof, um, of a culture when it comes to kind of lesbian relationships, which is such as why I love this film so much. Is it's such a kind of like drastic opposition to this kind of like soft, you know, sapphic, you know, let's listen to Taylor Swift and have a picnic and bake bread. You know, it's literally oh, yeah. the opposite okay. to this. It's the opposite. You know, these two yeah. women are like incomplete dynamic opposites in a way um but as it, it the it's that's what's the beauty of it to me is is mm-hmm. you can truly feel the kind of uh you know hating the the phrase of yearning and whatever it's it's true yearning it's true it's true it's true yearning fuck this like i don't know like everyone says yearning and i'm like what the fuck are you talking about you're yearning from like, some bitch on hinge know. that you like talk to like two times <laughs> i'm like girl like no this is like true yearning um true like it's literally like i remember watching this like with my girlfriend and we were both literally miserable <laughs> miserable i'm miserable like, like i literally looked at her i was like I fucking and love uh, you. like literally yeah, like, no, look, it makes you very like appreciative no because like relationships you have this is a lesbian film in the sense that like what i maybe mentioned before it's like that feeling of like it's desperation it's like just sadness and like there's parts to to lesbian relationships that are literally just maybe relationships in general but like it's just so fucking awful like they're like unfortunately like there are like and this is a movie that like literally depicts depicts it well it's like so well yeah yeah, yeah. fucking and it's so different it's so different from everything else Yes. Um, you know, it cannot be related to like a heterosexual relationship, which is I hate this whole idea that like you know mm-hmm. uh, a lesbian relationship can be in any way you know like in a way that a, a man is with a woman like that just doesn't ring true to me at all. No. Um, this is completely different, no. and it's different from like a gay mm-hmm. dynamic in a way. I guess you know 100%. they actually made a um, adaptation. I can't remember who did it, but I think it was for stage or maybe it was for screen. I can't. You remember there was one called Peter von Kant, which was oh, um, recently, right. which I would like to see, which Fran- is about France- Francois Ozon, I think. That oh, it was an film. Ozon film? Okay. Oh, yes. okay. I have not seen it. Oh. Um, I would be interested in seeing Peter von Kant because I would like to see how this, you know, I think this is the only way that it could be kind of transferred into another relationship dynamic is between two gay men because I, I yeah. think that's the only other because it, it puts two people of the same you know you have that kind of gender balance mm-hmm. that is disrupted but that seemingly from an outsider point of view that gender balance between like two women two men you know there's not that innate kind of like 
dynamic between like a heterosexual relationship that is completely um its own thing it's it, it in a way in a, a lesbian relationship is its own thing and i think a gay relationship is if different but rings true to that as well so i would really like to see i remember being in um i guess i was in berlin or something and seeing like posters with peter von kant and being like what the fuck is this because i'd not heard of it and it was like i don't know if it was coming out or it was getting like screenings there and i saw it and i was like Petra von kant wait like um i was very interested in seeing it. i will have to see it because um just for the impact of this film itself is uh truly moving truly beautiful yes. it is a very uh, good film in terms of you know the ugly side it's ugly girl it's ugly and uh you know you know like this in particular gay woman goes through some horrible some things hell in her like, room literal in one hell. place which is so good because you do go through that hell in one place and a lot of films like yes. you go you know a lot of films that depict like a relationship that is broken go through like a, the story of you know going through different mm -hmm. places and everything everything being contained in this one room is so much more true to me yes. and i don't know it's why literally all like, in a single room yeah. rack your brains you 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 kind of are in battle with yourself and that does not mm -hmm. call for being relocated to, to another place that calls yeah. for being like stuck in this place and the the, yes. the idea of being stuck within it and being mm -hmm. like you it is out of your control to do anything with it you are physically mm -hmm. you're restrained by the you know like this love um and yep. this kind of adoration and worship is is a physically kind of paralyzing thing and i think that's mm -hmm. why it works so well within the way that it is filmed within that one set which is like you know ten dollars in a dream but i think it really is like they stretch those ten dollars out no, because it's, it's, a, it's, it's gorgeous um, like it literally all is in one room and i could see what you mean by it, it was made for a stage mm -hmm. or it, like it was a stage originally because yeah. like that makes sense but Again, yeah, like you said, it's what makes it so special is because it is mm -hmm. within these four walls and a ceiling that, like, all these feelings, Disaster all these emotions, all these, all these catastrophes and disasters happen mm -hmm. literally all within this one room and all within this fucking movie. And like I said, it's like, amazing. it's to keep something simple and to get it to work is such a testament to how good someone is such a testament yeah. to how good fassbinder is is to keep it simple yes. and in this one room and i when when for me like when theater is done right it is uh phenomenal but you know theater like yeah. kind of nine times out of ten is something that i don't really especially now is not something that i would choose to uh sit through um mm -hmm. because they kind of misunderstand like the simplicity of theater and the 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 beauty of performance which i think this mm -hmm. is something that fassbender understood um mm -hmm. but when i see something it, it does you know it it makes me feel of that moving experience of seeing something uh in a in a real life you know sitting and going to see a a, a play which genuinely moves you is quite a triumph uh, i remember i went to go see um ibsen's uh, hedda gabler which was, uh, which is my favorite Ibsen. I don't know if you know about it, but it is a mm -hmm. another like woman kind of like battling herself and battling like mm -hmm. a misery and her kind of love, and it, it it is similar to this in a way. And I remember seeing that as a production and really loving it. Uh, I mean, I love the source material a lot, and I studied uh, Ibsen and and Hedda Gabler specifically that mm -hmm. one because I was like, oh, this is the one that that I love, and I've seen a few Ibsens, but that was like it's the same thing it's basically all in one room um i would not be surprised if fassbinder got a lot of you know yeah. influence from <laughs> excuse me from ibsen um 
but yeah, it, it is, it is, a, it truly ascends the, the, the screen. It ascends the kind yeah. of I mean, it's a true film. test of acting. Like, oh, 100%. It's like, again, Maki Carson is one of my favorite actresses yes. ever. I, she's you brilliant. Know, she's brilliant. I would recommend, basically, I recently saw the film that she was in called Fear of Fear, which mm-hmm. is, uh, which has like a kind of like angst und angst or something in German, and it's a brilliant mm-hmm. title. Um, it's basically about kind of, I guess it's like part depression, like postpartum depression and mm-hmm. motherhood and new motherhood, which uh, it's a lesser known, lesser watched, I guess, Fassbinder, but mm-hmm. she is the central role in that. And it's all the kind of Fassbinder tropes, which is so, which I love so much uh, that that are in this film. And she's also in the brilliant film Martha, which is, I think you could put these films into a kind of like triple billing of, oh, of three they they kind of work as a trilogy you've got Margie oh. Carson playing uh the center role uh, in all three of these films you know Petra von Kant is about the lesbian relationship uh Fear of Fear yeah. is about you know the relationship between mother and child and mother mm-hmm. and other um, and then Martha is a relationship between a woman and an abusive male partner um mm-hmm. which is com- they're all very different and uh mm-hmm. I think you it, it really makes for a brilliant kind of unofficial trilogy of films I don't even know if it was a ever described as a trilogy before but I would love to see a kind of screening of it being those three films in a row because uh, they work all so well together because she really carries those fucking performances to c- mm-hmm. kind of to an unparalleled degree in terms of mm-hmm. at least German cinema in terms of most other performances I've seen, I would also really recommend Martha because I'm not sure if you've seen any other Fassbinder. But, I haven't. Um, I no, Martha is a really good watch. Really harrowing. Mm-hmm. Really horrific. But uh, she is she she is phenomenal in it, and she's phenomenal in in a lot of other things like Chinese mm-hmm. Roulette, which is with Anna Karina, I which I love. Oh. Anna Karina, like the kind of like post Godard, you know. Mm-hmm. A beautiful icon that is Anna Karina. She's kind of post that in the film. Mm-hmm. She's kind of starting to show, like, her in her older years, trying to begin those, like, you know, more middle aged years, which is so fantastic to see her. I recently was, like, defending Anna Karina uh, with uh, my friend, and I was like, no, like, this is, this is so wonderful. She's such a wonderful kind of actress and she was like no i can't stand her in Goddard films but maybe seeing her in a fast bender film is in, in a different light at least mm-hmm. to me it's 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 brilliant but uh no i cannot recommend this film enough i think it is if i am to take five films with me to only watch for the rest of my life this would absolutely be one of them wow so, oh and you know there is so many <laughs> you know miserable for that part i want to be miserable well, give me a miserable film i mean i, I guess no, what no. other films would be like would be like a woman under the influence uh, or something which is you know i'm really putting myself down into the miserable Ooh, fucking dumps you know what is, though it's good to I feel it's good it makes to you feel, feel alive girl sometimes. it makes me feel because alive true, you know having a good cry you feel fucking oh. amazing afterwards i just think and about that scene at the end of petra Malkat where she's in the bed in the dark and like this like i think it's her mother or something oh, yes, yeah her you mother, should yeah, mother, and she's like it's not natural to like a woman like yeah. this and she's in the like oh and i'm like please the ending scene as well spoiler mm. you're gonna watch this beautiful lengthy film but the scene where marlene like finally like you know it's bad when marlene fucking leaves Girl, because that bitch doesn't leave the house and it's, at the, 
Oh my god, it's unfucking believable. Everyone it's like the, the idea that like the one person you love leaving is like your whole world yes. leaving. But that actually being extended into like literally everyone else really is like, we yeah. don't, we don't and, like everyone anymore. else. It's very interesting though, because oh, it's not even just her feeling it, but it's it's other characters slowly in the background as well. Dipping kind of, away into like yeah, it's we're abandoning you. Yeah, it's uh, very, very interesting. Yeah, huge recommendation. Uh see if you ever want to watch this. It's on my Plex. Yes, so. I actually did see that it was up. You've seen Plex. it on the my yeah my uh, you know elusive uh, exclusive Plex server in which would I in which I have like I don't know I have maybe like three hundred films on there. But yeah, um, definitely watch it. Um, and I don't know if you wanted to mention some honorable mentions before we kind of close off this episode in terms of yes uh, i think there's a few i think there's a few that we could really dive into maybe quite extensively but i think we should just give a few out in terms of since this is the episode on lesbian cinema there is so much to cover in depth i mean there's actually so little to cover which is sad but there is so yes yeah i mean yes i know (laughs) Well, films like you could definitely mention, but like there are specific ones that I do feel like we love more than others or would want to talk mm. about more than others. Oh, ab- oh absolutely. That being said, you know, we'll make a a letterbox list of the films that are mentioned. I'm sure. yeah, other yeah, films yeah. we might mention as well. And if, recommendations, gen- maybe ones that don't get mentioned that, that I would too. Uh, yeah, list. like yeah. ones that maybe us three can agree are like very good films certified Angel of Konya, certified Let's Let's cinema. yes Dyke cinema. cinema absolutely and none of them you know some of them could be even films where they're not explicitly that's what, yeah, that's what I'm talking about. but yeah. like they could be very because i think that's equally as important lesbian coded girl interrupted um, yes girl interrupted. yeah um do you want to get into about. that? Do we want to get into at least Maybe shortly? Briefly, I think we I should. Think we should yeah. Okay, Just I think we. Other let's films talk about that, them, that, like, yeah, briefly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So uh, I think Girl Interrupted was one because it's not a lesbian film, really, unless you read into it. Uh, for me, I, I read into it as the relationship between women. And always, whenever I yeah. see a film that depicts a relationship between women, I can't kind of not see it through my. Uh, scope of it, my lens, which is the uh, the the woman, uh, the 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 woman loving lens that I see things through. Um, but uh, Girl Interrupted is is fantastic. Angelina Jolie uh, has been in several brilliant, uh, what mm-hmm. I would call lesbian films. We were also talking briefly earlier about uh, Gia, uh, brilliant oh. film about the life of Gia Karangi. Uh, the first real supermodel, mm-hmm. uh, another brilliant film, which I, uh, it, which was basically like a Lifetime movie when it came out, yeah. which I think is crazy. Like it yeah. was like on TV or something, and like it didn't. I don't know if it got like cinema release when it actually I don't think came it out. Did, but, um, yeah. The greatest Lifetime movie ever made, Gia, probably yes, yeah. yes. Um oh, Fucking amazing. hell! Like I was just saying that. Like I, I still follow. Uh, I, I cannot remember her name. It's. Um, I'm gonna Google it right now. Um, but her lover in that film, mm-hmm. Sandy Linter. Sa- I f- still follow Sandy yeah. Linter on Instagram. I'm like, I'm still so attached to the life of Gia Karangi just because she. I see a lot of myself within her as someone who is kind of boyish. Mm-hmm. Um, we were talking, yeah, like we were, we were talking about like the depictions of kind of like the boyish girl, the 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 yeah. last kind of um, obvious 
yes. feminine uh, like, depiction. Like pretty boys or something. Pretty like boy. That, it's very you know? bad. It's very beautiful boy. It's very my beautiful yes, boy. Like extremely beautiful boy. Mm-hmm. Who is yeah. Jiukarangi? Who is and also. Which we also discussed, um, Gia Karangi, in her time, was being, you know, uh, compared to a character in the brilliant film Desert Hearts. Yes, yeah, she's compared to Kate, who was the main... It was 1960. 19... No, it was 1985. 85. Okay, my bad. I was going to say. Yeah, you were a few, like, you were a few decades off. Um, no, I was like, it's definitely an 80s film. Desert yeah. Hearts is another great film. That's a high recommendation. It's high not recommendation. My, um, it's not my honorable mention, my, my official mm-hmm. legitimate one. However, it is probably, if I wasn't going to mention this other film, it would be this one. But I need Desert to rewatch Hearts, it. I definitely yes. do. Gia, um, the real Gia Karangi was, yeah, compared to is it Kay Reverend in the film, but mm-hmm. she was literally compared to Kay, like her style, everything like how she mm-hmm. carried herself from looks to like personality, everything was very much so mimicked um, Kay in that movie, which is when I think about it now, it, it makes me feel like very, there's a feeling I get in my chest, it's a sensation that's very, I can't not describe really, but mm-hmm. it, it's Oh, she really does like ring true to how uh, that character is in in Desert yeah. Hearts. I'm just looking at the pictures yeah. now, and it's just like yeah. the scene where she's in the car and it's been raining outside, and mm-hmm. uh, she, uh, Kay sticks her head through the window and kisses her in the car. Yes. I've seen that scene like yeah. reposted on scene. certain, you know, all over the internet wherever I was. Where lesbian discussion lie lay was that 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 one that one scene which is gorgeous and i love mm-hmm. i love a sprawling landscape girl so this Absolutely. this is really it touches a lot of points in which i'm like girl i love mm-hmm. i love a little bit of an americana vibe love 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 love, love 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 i love it driving through the like down the highway like yeah, oh you know and uh it's that you know it, i think it's that kind of like precursor to something like carol with the the age gap which is i feel like age gap discourse in general doesn't really apply to a lot of gay people you know we have a lot of like uh you know you you we we hear a lot about it and i'm like i think it's a different conversation to be had when it comes to gay people i think i i kind of tap tap out of a lot of the heterosexual age gap discourse because i'm like this does not this is not something i I need to comment on but uh, something like carol as well is a nice parallel to something like desert hearts which is it's kind of spiritual mm-hmm. successor it's I would say spiritual so. yeah. daughter is something like carol that's, now that um, you mention that that's a little like brain blasting because that, that is kind of true yeah. it is it like is. todd haynes beautiful 2015 film carol um changed my life when i saw it i pretty much saw it after it came out um i never saw it in theaters which i am kicking myself to but i do own the physical copy i do own the carol of course i do with the carol dvd with like it came with like postcards and it I came remember with photocards of Rooney It Mara. came with photocards of them being sick hot. Um, and it came with postcards uh, that I had, like, stuck up in my room. I remember exactly where I had placed them. Or next or to my Mulholland Drive ones. Stuck yeah. Up. And I'm screaming yeah. Uno. I'm screaming, I'm screaming Uno. Um, I'm a huge Todd Haynes fan as well. I love Safe, which is different, different film entirely. I don't know if anyone here has seen Safe, but... Uh, that's a huge recommendation from me. Not lesbian, but 
something else, but um, always laugh at like the picture from Carol where it's Rooney Mara in the Santa hat working as the store clerk, <laughs> but <Shit>. also <laughs> in the background it has a sign that says Mommy's Baby. <laughs> And I always laugh because it's like literally the letterbox like display image is that if you go on letterbox you will see what I'm, I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Mommy's baby eight dollars. I um what do they know? Uh yeah, I really I really uh I, I really connected to that film when I saw it. I was like, you know, it just basically came out, was one of the first like integral pieces of lesbian media I saw after I came out was Carol mm -hmm. and I remember I did explain this to you but I remember um oh god I must have been well like 17 and uh it was like a, it was near Christmas and uh it was, I was taking drama lessons I was doing drama class and uh you know one of my I think the week before my drama teacher who I hated I hated him I still do awful man was like if you have any films you want to bring in for like christmas themed um we could watch it because i was like you know it's a drama class and i was like i'm bringing in carol didn't tell them that i was bringing in carol but i was like no one else had brought anything in and i was like we're watching carol <laughs> and i remember it was a double period so we, we could have watched the whole film because the film is only what like 110 minutes or something so it would have fit within the double period and i remember we watched Hot. We got halfway through Carol, so before the lesbian sex scene, which I was highly anticipating <laughs> showing everyone, like the five of the people in this class, this, they're all straight people, uh, which is completely insane that I took a drama class with five straight people, which is a nightmare, but, by the way, I'd much rather have a theatre gay, um, which is real, really something to, to admit that, but I would far prefer... No, we were... It was in a drama class, and I was showing them Carol, and I was like, God... Wait, it's such a good scene, and it was just like the scene where they met at like the, the, the store, and I was like, "Okay, everyone, silent, please watch the film." Um, and like, and they like you literally stopped the film that. halfway through, and I, we didn't get to the lesbian sex scene, and I was like, "Wow, I actually despise you even more now because you, you wouldn't let me finish Carol. We had to do a fucking I... quiz or something." And I was like, "Oh, so like queer tea isn't valid anymore, right? I see where this is coming mm -hmm. from." Mm -hmm. mm. Mm. Um, no, I love Carol. It's, it's a very, it's like, it's, I see it almost mentioned as much as The Handmaiden. Maybe The Handmaiden more because I guess a lot of, like, K-pop fans are very into, like, the Korean uh, film depiction of lesbianism. But uh, mm -hmm. Carol, I, I remember it being, like, major, girl, major news. That was major, yeah. That was major, like, the Oscar snub, which I'm glad it didn't, you know, fuck the, like, who cares? Like, but, like, major right. snub, Carol. Um really amazing to me was was that film and 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 others as well which i haven't like i briefly mentioned showgirls earlier in the in the episode uh which is like you know oh, yeah. it's about like not like it's you know not this like uh it's not a lesbian film and you wouldn't like no, if you see it from a kind of like surface level reading of, of showgirls mm -hmm. it is not a lesbian film it is not mm -hmm. a relationship between two women i mean it is but it's not you know a, a, a lesbian typical, relationship you know not typical god i love that film i have to Very see the film. uh the documentary which is you don't know me mm -hmm. uh which is about elizabeth berkeley's character and the whole reception to that film being so She's negative 
Well, she's beautiful in that oh film. My but only gosh. her. Gina Gershon is in it, and that's oh her counterpart. It is a gorgeous film. film. It's a, it is a, it is a real harrowing film. It's a beautiful yep. film that everyone misread, and now people misread it even more by calling it. You know, I've seen people be like, "Oh, it's so bad, it's good," and I'm like, "Are we watching the same fucking film? No, what about this great. film is bad? It's campy, like, sure, yeah. but that doesn't make it in any way a film that is so bad it's good." And like I was talking about, like the term camp, not just being something that is so bad it is good it's mm-hmm. got you know showgirls has that campiness to it that is mm-hmm. so it, it it is sincere to itself you know it doesn't it isn't ironic which is mm-hmm. what people like to read it as now um as like no. a film that is entertaining because it's ironic and i'm like no you people know. have you people are philistines you know you're so middle brow uh you don't get it uh it's funny because it's a paul verhoeven film i recently watched l which mm. I didn't realize, which I completely forgot was a Verhoeven film until I finished it and I went to kind of like log it on Letterboxd, mm-hmm. thankfully. Um, uh, and I was like, oh my god, Paul Verhoeven did this. I completely forgot. And uh, Isabel Huppert is wonderful in it. Uh, but yeah. I love her. I love her. I'm trying she to think, is, is Isabel Huppert in like a lesbian film ever? Because I was like, I had. That? Because I was thinking, because I was, I was, um, I always have this thing where I was like, you can pick up an actress and be like, she was in one lesbian film. Even if it wasn't explicitly lesbian, it had enough to be like, that's a lesbian film. Like, for me, I can pick up you most actresses. Amanda Seyfried and Megan Fox? Who said that? Like, oh, yes. Whoa. And speaking of which, speaking, speaking of which. Speaking of which. This, I just realized this entire podcast is like, like me sitting my white ass down and listening. Um, anyway, speaking of sitting my white ass down and listening, let's talk about Jennifer's fucking body. Okay. Let's talk about it. Because wow. that would be my... I wasn't aware. Yeah. I wasn't aware of, like, how much it was meant to be a explicitly lesbian film until you mentioned the fact um, that so... I mean, obviously so much had been kind of taken away from yes. the film in, uh, in before it was released and mm-hmm. because of the producers and everything. Um, mm-hmm. And I, I'd heard of that and I, I'd known that it was meant to be more explicit, but mm-hmm. um, I didn't know to the extent. And I was like genuinely surprised. And Jennifer's Body is something that I will watch. And I'm not a major fan of Jennifer's Body. I know it's got a lot of like gay, uh, you know, diehard fan, you know, fans for it. Um, and I wouldn't really recognize, yeah, I wouldn't see myself really as one of them. I, I did enjoy it. Um, but I, I didn't have a much of a connection to it. I maybe only watched it like mm. once or twice. So maybe it is literally something due a revisit. Um, but yeah, I know that the both of you have a, a good connection to Jennifer's body. <laughs> we were I, very think, good. Okay. I know that you have a strong I, connection okay. to that film. I would like to say, for me, Jennifer's body is a very interesting movie. Because it's very bittersweet for me. Like, I know I was excited mm-hmm. to talk about it. But that's because that movie, for me personally, I have had my ups and downs with it. Mm-hmm. Um, when I first watched it those first couple times, it was very like a like very deep movie to me. Like it was very like very much everything. But I think now the older that I get, the more I'm kind of like it is the best example of like a bittersweet movie to me. Because yeah. I loved it um when I first watched it. And now the older I get, the more I kind of just like the way you feel about the handmaiden, Elwe, and like especially after I learned like with other people like they learn oh it's supposed to be a love story and they love it more for me it actually makes me kind of resent it because it was like oh like like this is what they took from us this is what they they took from us it's like when I watch like 
it it, it like, made me it made me actually kind of not like it like the more i kind of see it the mm -hmm. more i'm like mm -hmm. you know it wasn't all meant to be like yeah thing. it was meant to be yeah more. it was meant to be more and i feel like they could have done and like for me at least like it's very difficult like there are some parts of the movie that are like a 90% of the movie is extremely hard for me to get through like extreme mm -hmm. now like I, I tried rewatching it um like, a couple months ago and I, I couldn't I really could not rewatch it like mm -hmm. even the beginning it was just like oh god did you see because it as a teenager I yes I saw it in high school mm -hmm. I didn't and, see it in high school and I think that's the reason why it doesn't stick with me as much as it yeah. does for a lot of people because I saw it I saw it when I was like what like 1819 for the first time it was never one no. that i ended up watching when i was uh, in high school um so i think for me i think it, well i think for a lot of people actually it's that they have that connection to the film because it's um very evocative of like a coming a, you know an, an awakening film yeah. i think for a lot of people and it wasn't for me and so i don't have that and uh, i'm not sure if uh, that really has meant that I, i'm not as not I, as attached to it i guess as other people are but i understand why people are yeah, I, I, I completely understand it. And I think I'm not saying that it should not be a movie that you should enjoy or whatever. I think for me personally, it's just it's been this kind of like I said, it, as much as I, I did genuine, it was like one of my favorite movies. The older I get, the more, like I said, I resent it. Like, it's just kind of like the scenes that I do like, it makes me upset that it's not more of that. Like the aspect of... um what's her name um, amanda seyfried's character like mm -hmm. being like that whole and it's only one scene where it's like established that they have a connection now like a very deep connection where she was like she's killing someone and like she has to stop having sex with her boyfriend to go see what like you know um megan fox character ended up doing and it was just like if the movie was as cheesy as it sounds more of that like more building on that more building on the relationship um you know the the scene that everybody like posts is the one either if it's it's not the one of them kissing it's the one of jennifer like biting her lips like aunt needy and like that if like it was more of that like more like okay like it's believable like not just a throwaway line like oh we used to make out when we used to sleep over and it was like that it was very much like a ugh. Okay. Yeah, they used to play house like, when they were kids. Yeah, and it, if it was less of that, like where, but it, if it was deeper than that, I think I would still enjoy the movie a lot. And and I know I'm shitting on it. It is still a little bit personal to me. It uh, it is one of those films that I did uh, have as a teenager. So I it's it's like a nostalgia thing, you know. But it is like a movie that I have now grown to be like, okay, I need bigger and better things. Like I'm kind of yeah. Like, I'm out of I it. Get that. You know? I get that. Definitely, if I had watched it when I was younger, it would have been more interesting to me. Impactful. Um, <laughs> impactful. Yeah, it's like you know when like you you hear of a film meant to being meant to have gone in a different direction, and you're like kicking kicking yourself like why can't I have seen the film as it was intended? Yeah. I have that with like mm -hmm. the Silent Hill film, which um, was meant to be like an all female cast. Um, and they had to insert this terrible, like, Sean Bean subplot into it, which, like, nobody oh gives a fuck about. I don't know if you've seen the Silent Hill films. No, like, I wanted uh, to. Okay, nobody gives a fuck about the second one. But, actually, people do, but I don't. Um, I like the Silent I mean, I'm a huge Silent Hill fan, so I, I saw that film, mm -hmm. and I was like, this was all meant to be a female, like, an all-female cast. It would have been yeah. so good. Um, but, yeah, I think it does kind of uh, twist your uh, your 
uh, perception of a film a bit when you realize what it could have been. And uh, also the fact that like Megan Fox is now such like a fucking cringe vassal that it's like. Oh, I think that I made can't. it worse. I that think made that it worse. made, that it, made worse. it worse for me. I can't. Hold on. I have something to say. Oh, God. Okay. Well, relax, okay? This Whoa. was my honorable. This was my official honorable. Okay. No, no, no. Let, let her speak. You know? let her Jennifer's speak. body. So let me let me get into this. You know, hold on. I agree with everything Seed said because that's literally how I feel about it. Mm-hmm. So basically, I mentioned this earlier before we were talking about it earlier, I guess. But um, Diablo Cody, the writer of Jennifer's Body, um, had originally intended this film to be more not like a, a, explicitly a love story, but it was meant to be more on like two girls whose relationship with each other is not necessarily just friends. Like it was a little more than that. And you can kind of get that with the film that there's a lot of scenes that are very obvious to that. But unfortunately, because it got in the hands of wrong producers, they quite literally like these producers grabbed um, frat boys and they put them all in a room and they're like, watch this and then tell us what you think it needs more of. And all these guys said it needs more boobs. It needs more this that this that whatever and unfortunately because it was 2009 and that was right after megan fox's peak in transformers mm-hmm. which is pretty unfortunate but she actually <laughs> got catapulted like as a sex symbol yep and like as someone that wasn't ever actually looked at for like acting and honestly megan fox is an amazing actress like in this film i think she's a phenomenal i haven't seen enough of, i have not seen enough and i cannot re- recollect enough about the film but, to have like, a, yeah. an opinion on and megan fox's sound, acting abilities honestly i know it sounds like crazy because it's literally jennifer's body but again like yeah, this but, is yeah, a film that was treated like that was unfortunately like it was kicked to the curb and it got horrible producers and it was treated very poorly and so it became a literal a film that people shit on and it's again such a shame mm-hmm. but then you give it it's 10 years and everyone loves it same really with twilight, twilight. Really like, like everyone but, shitting on twilight um, twilight, is gr- twilight is great in itself like you don't need to like go back true. for like what it should have been twilight was the i think the most perfect you know adaptation of of this kind of source material i think it was genuinely brilliant and i don't know how much of that they changed but yeah you know likewise uh I, uh, I, I'm not a, I'm not someone who, like, instantly goes to, like, Jennifer's body as something that I'm like, oh my god, like, lesbian cinema, I'm not one of those, but I understand what people are. The thing is, it was, it, they gave it, like, ten years, and then it got into the hands of lesbians, and they were like, you know what? They gave it time, okay. and then they, they had and to then, revisit it. I wonder what's yeah. gonna be the next and one then to be revisited. Diablo Cody, Diablo Cody was like, well, I'm glad that it finally got into the hands of who it was intended to be in the hands of, yeah. because that was the whole point of it. And Karen Kusama directed it, and Karen Kusama, for those who watch Yellow Jackets, Karen Kusama, I believe, is one of the main producers or directors for yeah, the show. I didn't know about that. explains a lot, but um, like, again, Jennifer's body, I feel like there's also just... I'm not necessarily like I don't hate it anymore because of that. Like I still love it, just because like when I rewatch it again, I rewatch it with the intended purpose of it, and that still, I still like it because of that. There are still scenes that, and even just even glimpses of shots of like Megan's dynamic with uh, Amanda Seyfried in the movie, but they have a very good dynamic that goes on, and it may look a little one sided, or, or maybe she's a little bit mean spirited to her, but there's scenes where she goes and she's like we're going to a bar tonight like make sure you look cute and like she like looks at her in a sort of way that like your mm-hmm. friends don't look at you like that like you know it's and even like 
down to how she talks to her boyfriend in the movie and she talks to him like he's fucking nothing burger he's like get the fuck out of my face i'm taking your girlfriend away from you because nothing like a boyfriend that's what he was (laughs) mr mr cheap no but literally like i don't know like i look at jennifer's body mm-hmm. and i maybe i have to rewatch it because i haven't watched maybe. it probably in like a few years but maybe it's get... a film that's so like close to me and it's mm-hmm. a film that i didn't grow up watching but like i remember my brother in like 2009 in, when he was in grade nine went to go watch it and he was like it was garbage like it was like yeah was i feel like that was like the general like reception yeah. of the film was just like oh, it's stupid or whatever and then i, I mean, remember like, like I, I, I remember hearing about the kiss scene and i was like wait a minute and then like it hit me like a Let's fucking back truck when I was older. <laughs> and I was like, wait a minute, like, this movie, like, and this was, like, probably a few mm. years ago, but, like, I was, as you guys probably know, I was obsessed with this movie. I still kind of am, but, like, it's so gay, and it's just unfortunate that, like, it really did get into the wrong hands. Yeah. But now that I'm older and that, like, I can understand, like, dynamics fairly well, I feel like, between people, like, it is a movie I still will appreciate. and. Maybe it's silly to put it as an honorable mention, but I really do think Jennifer's body with a rewatch and a really close eye, you will see mm-hmm. it is like there is more to what meets the eye. With That's I, I, I like was gonna say, like my Jennifer's body is uh, wild things. Yeah, I knew it. <laughs> I knew it. And I, you know, I'm so glad that you brought it's this. So up. So glad not I brought to, it up because just... Neve Campbell. <sighs> Sorry, Ivana. Campbell, but. Oh, oh, you have to watch Wild Things. You have to watch Wild Things. You have to. I, okay, I would like to say some background. I, um, I believe, I don't know what it was that I watched. I think I watched Scream, like, out of the blue. I've Mm -hmm. never, if anyone can believe me, and, and it was, like, I've lived under a rock my entire life. Please don't fucking ask me this one more time. Never have seen any Halloween, like, no horror movies. I just refuse, and I know nothing Mm -hmm. about them. And like yeah. I'm such a pussy, I can't do it. Like I have so like it's. It makes me I remember like I really have to like bad. run it through you if we're ever gonna watch like a film that's like quite yeah. Horror. I have and to be like. Just, I I have a you. really I have a disgust for gore. It's just like unintentional. Like I just it it just dis- disgusts me. Like not in a like why would anyone show that? It just it actually makes mm-hmm. me sick. And like I don't think that gore should not be depicted. I'm not one of those people that just say you know like gore and horror should not be a thing. It just. It's not your horror thing. makes my anxiety mm. like shoot through the roof. Fair I enough. literally will not sleep, and like gore just makes me sick. Like it just. And I, I'm nice. the exact so, opposite. I love a good gore. I love a good horror film. I love. A I'm good, trying. Like, I'm trying to like wean myself into it because again, it's like like people do think kind of less. Yeah, it, it it opens up a genre, but people do really think less of you. It's like I can't watch the Saw movies; like they freak me out. No, like, I really, do think really less bad. of people. I I am um, just like I actually respect that a lot. I respect people mm-hmm. having their own grounds in which they don't want to see something. I think that's actually quite mm-hmm. uh, a good thing. But yeah. no, I can I I understand what you mean uh, about like horror films. I mean, like I'm literally the opposite. Uh, mm-hmm. I will go to the extreme when it comes to like horror and and because yeah. because for me oh my god that was like that was one of my favorites back in the day, um, but uh, for me like I I I struggle to find things that that really kind of haunt me, um, and it's yeah, usually not gore. <laughs> it's usually not like no I'm like I'm uh, gore and stuff in in a film is is not something that usually unless it's done yeah. in a very particular way it, and then it becomes very unsettling 
Um, mm -hmm. For me, it's usually not that. For me, it's usually other things. But it, it, I really try and go out of my way. And I remember when I was younger, I would have a real interest in things that were meant to be like, quite, like really like disturbing in a, yeah. in a sense. I would be really fascinated by that. Like I wanted to kind of push myself to see like what I could handle, and, and it was usually kind of like interested. <laughs> That's so. That's literally me. That's so fucked. Yeah, I would do the same shit. Like I would watch like things that kids shouldn't be watching and playing games that mm. kids should be fucking playing. Oh, a hundred percent. Like in a 100%. way, it just made me more ethically like. I was very just intrigued. It was never really yeah, a like, thing, but very, I was always really yeah. intrigued by it. Like I remember playing like Manhunt on the PS2 and stuff, and being yeah. like, oh, just being like the most controversial game of all time. And I was like, I'm living. Um, like, honestly, it's kind of like really janky, and like I probably wouldn't yeah. recommend people play it because it's not that great. But yeah. I remember playing stuff like that, and like uh, yeah, horror films. I remember watching like Suspiria and stuff uh, mm. on my phone in the uh, school common area mm -hmm. on my own on my phone, like, like in front of everyone watching Suspiria or something like that, like, something, uh, uh, I think I, I remember I went through a whole, like, horror thing, I think it was during, like, October time, uh, I guess when I was, like, 17, 18, and I was still in school, and I was watching, like, I don't know, like, Texas Chainsaw Massacre, and all those films, like, on my phone, like, smiling, and giggling, and, like, watching and living. those, living, and getting my no, life. Yeah, like I just don't I I never I I've been mm. very sheltered and I you know like mm. you know um my parents never both my parents do not like horror movies mm -hmm. and none of my family members aside from the cousins that I didn't really grow up with really liked any horror movies so I just assumed that Scream was a very terrifying movie mm -hmm. growing up because I had literally I don't know how until last year I you could have asked me at 20 yeah. 20 years old what the plot of scream was and i genuinely and i mean genuinely i had no clue i didn't even know who was in it like scream i don't and it kind of shocks me because like scream is like one of those you know movie franchises that's kind of like bitch everybody knows who scream is everybody knows mm -hmm. who ghostface is i don't know who scream I, is <laughs> like <laughs> like no i literally did not know shit i didn't even know the mm -hmm. what the plot was nothing like and i mean nothing you it was like insane. Not so even I watched like it. the true Barrymore, like nothing. No, no, I didn't yeah. even know. I didn't even know that was Scream. I genuinely, when I was watching the movie, I was like, "Wait, this is Scream." I like, thought it, it was it some true. other movie. I literally no, like I knew nothing. I'm, I'm mm -hmm. like, I don't think people understand like jack shit. So I'm watching this movie last year. I don't even know why I decided to watch it. I was just like, mm, I'm going to watch it. You're watching. I remember people like watching it in here. I don't know if you were part of that. Um, Did you watch it on your own? There were several I, times where I've watched it. No. Like, yeah. I've watched I watched it by myself. I actually watched it. Okay. I do remember watching it by myself. And I watched it uh just randomly and I don't watch movies by myself first of all and I don't mm -hmm. randomly watch stuff. And I was watching it. I was like, "Wait, Oh, I remember why. Now I remember why. Because I had watched The Craft before, and I think we should bring that up. But oh. I, I were it's because I watched The Craft before and I was like, who is that? And it was Neve Campbell. So I was like, yeah. wait, like wait. So I yep. watched this movie and I did not know she was in it, right? And I as I was watching, I was like, don't tell me Neve Campbell is like a main main character because I'd only seen her as a side character. And as I'm watching this, I'm like, oh my god bitch no way like bitch i'm living and as i was watching i was like oh my fucking god like neve campbell is in this fucking movie and i lived and i was like i fucking love neve campbell this is everything 
He's so and, and I'd already high. liked her. Me and one of my mutuals. Hi, Ivy. We both <laughs> had kind of watched the craft at the same time. And we were like, this is everything. Like, this is like, I think I had told her like, hey, you should watch um, the craft. It looks really interesting. You should watch it. And then I had watched it. And I was like, bitch, I'm living. And then she'd watch it. And she was like, bitch, I'm living. And we both started talking about Neve Campbell. And we're like, no, yeah. she's actually super fine. Then I watched this. And I watched Scream. And I was like, she's everything. And that's when I think later, like, later on, I was telling you. And I was like, controversial opinion. I actually think Neve Campbell is fine. I don't know where I had seen that people just didn't like her. But I just always assumed people didn't like Neve Campbell. But then you had told me and by telling i think you were like you just need to watch wild things just watch it just watch it and i was like okay and i remember watching it and i was just i was telling you this where neve campbell's character dies spoiler and i was like what the fuck fuck (laughs) um and I was like, I'm not gonna well, watch it. I'm we not gonna watch it. Yeah, like just watch and it anyway. This isn't really like spoiler tea, by the way. Like this it's, isn't. Yeah. It's a spoiler, but really not a spoiler. It's really not a spoiler. Like, Fuck! And I was so fucking mad. I was like, I'm not. I literally through, and I like, don't speak across the room. Like I don't speak to myself <laughs> normally. Like I don't like have an inner monologue or anything. I verbally said out loud, like I'm not watching this shit anymore. Whatever. And I like just started scrolling on Twitter, and I had it on my other monitor. I pl- I was playing You're something awful. right. And I was just like, I don't give a fuck. I don't give a fuck. I was here for Neve Campbell. Like I was here for one thing, and it was for Neve Campbell. And then I don't spoil. And then you know what? And and then I lived. And then you lived. Okay. And then you lived. The scene of Neve Campbell and and we we needed we need to go back in time, and we need to make more scenes of Neve Campbell making out with women. Denise Richards, which of uh, Real Housewives of Beverly Hills fame now, which I think is crazy, that I see uh, Denise Richards uh, on Twitter, like in videos of her, which is actually pretty funny because there's this one video of her, she's in Real Housewives of Beverly Hills, and someone like accuses her of sleeping with another woman, and she's like, that did not happen. That did not. I don't want Bravo, Bravo, Bravo. I do not want this filmed i do not want this film it's so fucking funny um but anyway yeah denise richards at her absolute prime neve campbell at her prime and i've never like like i did say, say this about a corky uh gina gershon's character in bound but another one of women that i've never seen i have never seen a woman so attractive in a film wow. as like, neve actually, campbell's like I have to watch emo those. character in Wild Things. I think it's a brilliant film. It's peak fucking nineties in the best way. Mm-hmm. Um, it's you know it's it's one of those films that people you either love it or you hate it. And I think it has a mm-hmm. kind of a, a a diverse reception to the film. People either rewatch it and like it's campy, like which I think it is. It is a campy film. Mm-hmm. They rewatch it with this campy eye, but they genuinely appreciate it, which is how I. What what I got from the film is I have a genuine appreciation for it. Mm-hmm. Love Matt Dillon in it. I think he's great. Kevin Bacon's great in it too. Um, but it is a ge- it is like the nineties film. It is like just if you want to talk about plot twists, honey, you're talking about The Handmaiden. Go watch Wild Things. Yeah, there's a scene in which I don't know the, the reveal of I don't want to say too much, but Denise Richards and Neve Campbell swimming pool. And wow. she and it's and everyone yeah. had fun. And it was kind of the collapse for me. I actually so. have like 
it, I know it was the collapse for you because I, I had that in mind when I was I when I watched it and I was like, oh, you're gonna collapse. Well, you like, didn't you didn't tell me, so I went into it not knowing that there was a gay scene. I think that was yeah. the gag for me. I didn't know you. Were I just tried not to, but I knew I, when I watched it, yeah. people would love it. I didn't. You didn't even <laughs> say you it gay. You never said. So I was just like, oh, I'm gonna watch it because Neve Campbell's in it, and I bet she's like her performance as Slaybok because. It is. Her performance, her performance in Scream was really, really good. Like I love Scream. I just love New Campbell. So I was like, New okay, Campbell, your performance in a while thinks it was Slaybark. No, literally. So I thought <laughs> that I, I, I thought that's what was gonna happen, right? So I was like, whatever. I'm just gonna watch it. So when I tell you the like when they started making out, I gasped. Like I literally, like comically, like what? Because it was like I didn't, right now. I didn't expect. Yeah. I didn't expect it coming. I didn't know it was going to come. I didn't think it was going to come. And it was just like, what? Oh, wow. Oh, wow. (laughs) Oh, good morning. Good morning. (laughs) Oh, good. Literally, oh, good morning. Oh, good morning. No, and it really, I like, I'm sad that you didn't get to have that reaction, Vana, but like, that's what I think you're gonna you're gonna just look at me like, oh, you're gonna lobotomy after this. And I really have that reaction. No, and you should. But it was so special to me. Like, I was like, like you knew exactly what I needed. I needed me Campbell. That like film. wow. There's a like brilliant her... scene. Like, yeah, all of that is yeah, it's all it's it's everything. Wow. There's a brilliant scene at the start, which is like uh Matt Dillon's character who's a teacher is doing a uh a, a, a kind of like school like present as school assembly on uh sex crimes. And he yep. writes on the check where he writes sex and all the like teenagers go yeah. like Boo. and then he writes crimes and they all go like boo. <laughs> <laughs> it's so oh, good it's it's so it's good. um yeah but i needed to just touch on uh wild things because i know we wanted to discuss it in some regard mm-hmm. at some point because i think about it you need to watch this because then we need to discuss uh wild wild things but that's another I one that so. I, I i would have to bring up in terms of this this topic and yeah. um i think for the last one it, it was foundational it was foundational and i think for the last one for me is that i want to bring up and i think is uh really the first kind of real real impactful film for me when with a kind of lesbian depiction was uh, Mulholland Drive which oh, I watched when I was about 14 15 I guess I watched it when I was like 15 um mm-hmm. but that was like wow I remember I remember finishing Mulholland Drive and I watched it in front of my computer just one monitor on Mulholland Drive I sat I watched the whole thing and I remember like as the credits roll just like sitting and like mm-hmm. feeling it like change my whole life um I'm a very big fan of David Lynch uh, mm-hmm. in general. Absolutely love him. Mulholland Drive was what was my favorite film for years um, after seeing it. Uh, but uh, I think, see, have you seen Mulholland Drive? No. Um, <laughs> what? what? I have not. You need to watch Mulholland Drive. You need to watch Mulholland Drive. I have never watched what the, uh, what the fuck the I... plot is about. Okay, no, I will not see much. I will not see much, but like... <laughs> You kind of need to watch it so we can talk about it. But uh, yeah, well, Holland, it's not a. It's there's there's like okay, a spoiler warning. There's like one like horror moment, um, which you can. <laughs> I know what you're talking about. It's like yeah, at the beginning. it's it's near the beginning. I just say the diner scene. I mean, most people who you know you'll you'll know what I mean. You've seen that's it, funny. but uh, that's the only like kind of like warning for like anything that I know you don't like horror films, but that's the only like real horror moment of the film. Um, okay. So you can maybe find a way to 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 deal with that because I genuinely do recommend watching the whole thing. 
but uh, yeah, that, that's just something I wanted to mention. I feel like if we're going to bring up lesbian cinema, you have to mention at least, you know, Mo- Mulholland Drive in some regard yeah, is uh, very formative for me. Very beautiful. It was maybe, the, I think it was the first David Lynch film that I, I ever saw. And then from then mm-hmm. I became, you know, in like my kind of teenage years, I became absolutely obsessed with like Twin Peaks and um, everything else that he did, like Blue Velvet, A Razorhead. Mm-hmm. Um, a razor head. Oh god. A is actually like maybe my from the David Lynch I've seen is maybe my least mm-hmm. favorite. Mm. Um Wasn't I love first. It was his first or his I think it was his first. It was his first. Yes, it was, yeah. and then he did the Elephant Man afterwards. Yeah. yeah. Um but I'm a huge yeah, Twin Peaks fan. Mm. I'm a huge Wild at Heart fan. I don't know if you've seen that, Ivana, but I think you would really like it. Very mm. campy. Laura Dern and Nick. Cage, Laura Dern, Laura Dern and Nick Cage, um, uh, playing this very campy road trip. It's his campiest film. Uh, it's very, very entertaining, brilliant. Mm. Uh, it's very kind of John Waters esque, mm-hmm. uh, which is maybe why I love it so much. Um, speaking of Laura Dern, did see the Inland Empire restoration remaster um, in cinemas very recently when I was down in London. That was incredible. It's truly a film that it is very long, but you do not feel it being that long at all. Mm -hmm. It is just, I've, you know, never seen anything like it. Inland Empire is a huge recommendation for, for, for the, I mean, I was specifically a Vanna. I think it's maybe too horror oriented for you. See, Mm -hmm. um, it's very unsettling, but it's just a, a perfect film in my opinion. But yeah, Mulholland Drive got me into him and it was a gateway into so much other fil- and, like, film in general. Um, but yeah, Mulholland Drive, you seriously have to see it because it is, I mean, I think it, like so many people have seen it now. It got a kind of like a bit of a uh, re-interest in the film emerged relatively, and not that long ago, I want to say. I saw people talking about it more than 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 it had had discussions about in like Twitter and things, people talk about it, but I uh, genuinely do love it. And that's kind of the last one for me, at least that I can really mention in terms of uh, lesbian film, I guess for now. I mean, there's there's there's, there's definitely more, but uh, that's kind of the only one I, I really wanted to touch upon. Well, Other I was, I wanted, I wanted to say our last movie we should mention. Last movie, okay, last movie. This one, and I do feel like other three of us could talk about it because it's not explicit at all. Mm-hmm. But the craft, the craft is, yes. in my opinion, no, 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 a, a real is, lesbian it, movie. It, I 100% agree. I 100% agree. Everything that goes on in that film is a is oh, yeah. a lesbian, uh, I guess, coded thing. Especially the, the, the whole thing video, about like that video. That movie is what happened to us. The video. Like, that's the video. Yeah. The video too. That happened to us. That mm. that movie that it's, literally happened. Yeah, it's the whole thing about like the outsider group, which I find is a real allegory for like lesbianism. Is this outsider yeah, weirdo true. group of witchcraft, which is hugely and, linked to like the lesbian themes. I think this has been talked about. I haven't seen it. I just assume it has. But the I forget. Let me hold on, Mama. Let's Google real quick. Hold on. Mm. I'm trying to think what of the this? the actress's name. Hold on. Um, in the craft yes uh feruza balk her yeah. character mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. when she gets really really upset that robin tunney's character puts um a binding spell on her mm-hmm. and she gets really really mad that you know like she doesn't trust her and stuff like mm-hmm. i feel like mm-hmm. the movie had such a very like 
it had such a great depiction of like female closeness and it was not really about like female closeness like it was about the magic of the movie it was like it was kind of about the relationship kind of not really like vital to the the film um yeah do you want to kill me no but i understand what you mean i understand what you mean it's not like a female relationship film but yeah no it's not reading into it it is no yeah like reading between the lines also fun trivia helen shaver who's in desert hearts who plays the other character in desert hearts is in the craft wait what is she the um the witch lady in the um, store yes i think so she she plays I think she does. No, she's in Wait, the craft. Because I just um, Helen, Helen Shaver. Helen Shaver, who's in Desert Hearts, is in uh, the craft also. Which is like everything is connected. Everything. Well, no, she's is... uh, Thing's mom in the movie. I think. Is she? Like... I don't know. Oh no, Wait. she is. She is. She's. Uh, yeah. she's... No, she's uh, Farisa Bank uh, Bulk's uh, mother. Mom. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the film, she's. Uh, which I I love. Uh, Farisa Bulk's like look. I think yes. she's got such an interesting yeah. face. She's just, just such yes. an open face, which is really interesting. Also, just love that like an ensemble of uh, the the uh, the group itself. Rachel True oh, yeah. is gorgeous Rachel in it. True is so. I think she was so also gorgeous. very. I th- she's talked about it. How important it was for her to play, mm-hmm. you know, like a black girl, especially in LA and like mm-hmm. into witchcraft and into like and, a nineties like. 90s, like general like kind of teen film as well yeah mm-hmm. that too and the fact that she doesn't die in it and there's she doesn't really get yeah. mistreated even though her her yeah. whole thing is about racism but mm-hmm. it is like a movie where like it's just nothing horrible happens to her she doesn't get singled mm-hmm. out like it's just like and she survives and it's not like she's terrible or anything like it's just like a good movie like i yeah. just i i i've like I personally don't really like Robin and Tony's character Sarah like I feel like she was kind of a little bit weak because I f- like who cares like if I think Neve Campbell should, should have been the main character I should be allowed to think that you know like in, in 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 my in my state of things or even Feruza Balk like I even think that like Nancy should have maybe been the main character she's a great antagonist don't get me wrong I know why they picked her as an antagonist but her performance is so good like mm-hmm. her performance where really she was just it. like it it was really i just think that robin's performance was probably maybe a little bit on the weaker side because she was like a, oh i'm so good and i'm the chosen one yeah. and i'm so good at magic and it was just like okay girl like let's move on like mm-hmm. let's do something more we interesting this is like a crazy mo- we want to see neve campbell's pleakenings mm-hmm. but like it was such a good movie and it that like bond that the four of them have but like going from robin tunney's character to feruza balk and like their real closeness and how they all get really close and it's all like it is very coded language you know what i mean like Mm -hmm. it's just like these four girls who everybody say says are weird and like they know like who to talk like don't talk to it's him because giving, he just wants like, to fuck you and yeah. will lie about you. And There's something like I want to say about in the 90s, like teen films that have these kind of like lesbian like themes are very like reminiscent of like the pre code Hollywood cinema in which mm-hmm. uh, when the code came out and it was like there was no like explicit depictions of like homosexuality or anything, but everything kind of pre code was like they kind of toyed with it a bit. I think about Shanghai yeah. Express, which is the film with Anime Wong and uh, Marlena Dietrich, uh, which is a no- another. If we're gonna final, you know, finally talk about this film, last one. 
Shanghai Express is a uh, the the tension, the chemistry between those two actresses is so phenomenal in that film, and obviously you know it plays up to like the heterosexual kind of like love, you know, romance uh, of, of this, this kind of central to the film. But I think what is more compelling in that film is the relationship between anime wong's character and uh marlena dietrich uh which is um, you literally i mean talk about lesbian cinema marlena dietrich in anything instantly becomes a lesbian film i think uh, yeah. monaco or whatever is uh uh just you know she actually had the first i think it was the first hollywood on-screen two women like like female female kiss was actually in monaco where marlena dietrich's character is in like kind of like male drag She's in like tuxedo, a little hat. She does this performance where she goes up and she kisses a uh, a woman in the audience, and <gasps> that was that. I think that was the first in a feature film. Was the first uh, lesbian kiss in a feature film, if I'm not incorrect. Um, yeah, but but no. I, think, I was thinking about like these ninety films that are kind of like pre code in a way, like because like now we're also kind of hyper aware about like. Mm-hmm homosexual depictions in films and it's all kind of like every anything like people talks about is like you know accurate queer representation that we kind of lose out on these kind of like subtleties and this like kind of like mm-hmm. it's like maybe the rituals were intricate the rituals were intricate the coding was intricate um in these <laughs> 90s films you know um which i really miss and uh i i i like to kind of compare it to that but uh yeah I think I think we got a good summary of some of the most impactful uh, lesbian films that we can even yeah. really discuss, and I'm I'm glad we got to because let's have that conversation. Things are coming out now, in which people yeah. are going to be talking about lesbian films, and let's get a good grounding on this, sisters. Let's get a good let's get a get yeah. good base of reference. I want to say let's understand these things and, and discuss them. And no um, more sapphic yearning. No more sapphic yearning. No more sapphic No more, no more. No more. Uh, final note on on the issue, I think. Um, but yeah, thank you for listening. Thank you, Ivana, for joining us today. I'm oh, thank you for having so me. blessed for having you. Uh, it's, it's been it brilliant. Great. It's been just good. It's um, just, and it's just good. And it's just you good. Mix the angels with the Kanye. And and the angels true. plural, and there's even more. And the angels will be dispatched. From, be dispatched from Kwangya. It's an ever, <laughs> it's an ever coming. growing um, from Kwangya, from Kwangya, yeah, from Kwangya. And the angels are coming from Kwangya. It's an ever growing army, mm-hmm. <laughs> ever growing tribe of angels. Okay. Well, thank you very much, and we'll see you the next time, angels of Kwangya. If you got leaving on your mind, tell me now, get it over. Hurt me now, get it over. If you got leaving on your